Alright, so I looked into this story. Basically, this is a Masonic ritual thing. Well, this story right here, it made me say, what? You are about to die. You are about to die. Trespass and we will sacrifice you to Satan. I'll come back and butt fuck your father with your mom's headless corpse on this goddamn lawn. I gotta listen to Guar at max volume to get hyped. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. This show is behind the shimmies that he sees. I'll give you a choice. I would put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance to do Our faces is wearing thin. The influence of Satan is real. His terrible and awesome power has shaken the very core of civilizations since the dawn of man. Yet this dark cloud still hangs over us today. This primordial force of evil could be yours. It's my first day. I don't give a fuck. Hi, I'm Ken Blankenship, high priest of the Church of Satan East Moline Chapter. Tired of churches that make you feel guilty? Then the Church of Satan is for Juicy. you. Juicy. My husband got really sick. He didn't know where to turn. Thankfully, the Church of Satan gave me the courage I needed to leave him. Thanks, Satan. I like the Church of Satan because their priests don't try to have sex with kids. I don't know if it's because there are rules against it or satanic priests know that kids aren't good at sex or what. Either way, I respect it. Also, there's plenty of parking. Christianity preaches charity, but fuck that. My money is mine. I'm trying to get with these hoes. I like to eat pork. I like to drink a lot. And I like to drive fast. This is working for me. Here at the Church of Satan, we put you in the center of the universe, which is what most of you do already anyway. When I came out to my Christian family, they said that God hated me. That seemed presumptuous. The Church of Satan welcomed me with open arms. We're finally free! When I was Presbyterian, they didn't like me urinating in the baptismal font. When I was Lutheran, they didn't like me urinating in the baptismal font. Finally, I found a place where I can urinate in the baptismal font. My name's Lewis Smith, and this is my church. The Catholic Church said if I have an abortion, I'm going to hell. I had one this morning. I feel amazing. Thank you, Satan. 
Tired of hypocrisy and thinly veiled hatred in your church? Then check out the Church of Satan, East Moline Chapter. And join us the first Sunday of every month for our tequila and hand job breakfast. All proceeds benefit Satan Scouts. We're the Church of Satan. Come on in and sin a while. We're not here to guilt you. This is episode 122 of Behind the Schemes for October 24th, 2022. And at the center of my own very universe, this is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. <laughs> and all the way from the bereft coast where everybody pisses juicy. in the holy water, my name is Lavish. That is very juicy. <laughs> now, are you playing as a, a, a Church of Satan ad properly if you don't sacrifice a goat during it? Oh man, it was hard to get it out with just being sprayed in the face so soon. I wasn't I wasn't quite expecting it. It was like a wake up call. Yeah. Somebody poured a bucket of ice on me like, hello, except it's goat blood. It's the goat blood challenge. Yeah. The goat blood challenge. <laughs> Taking the world by storm, unfortunately see, for these goats. See all of your favorite celebrities from Hollywood douse themselves with gallons of goat blood. <laughs> all in the name of charity. I guarantee that was a thing. It should at some have been point. a thing. <laughs> In Hollywood especially. That's what they do. That's what you gotta Either do. That or embryos or whatever. The embryo challenge. I had seen a... I don't know if I had the link on hand, but uh, it's a conspiracy t-shirt shot that popped up. I'll, I'll dig out the link. Um, but they had the... Uh, it was the Coca-Cola logo. But it spelled out adrenochrome, and they had a Coca-Cola Zero, and it said at the bottom, Zero Terror. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh my goodness. We promote the pineal gland on this program, behind the schemes. Only the freshest. Only the freshest glands. Yeah. Whoa. Well, it's been a rather eventful past couple of weeks. You had the solo episode 121 marching noises last week. Yes, I did. I did have that last week while you were out uh, in the mountains uh, firing muskets at people. Actually, we were not allowed to fire the muskets. It would scare the horses. We were staying at a some fancy horse farm resort trail base type deal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of horses, and horses typically don't like uh, loud Yes, things. they don't like small arms fire. Indeed. Well, but you at least got to whip it out and yeah, you know, cool. clean it, right? I cleaned it just in time for there to be no hay at the event to insulate the tent, which meant my ground cloth went straight on the ground. And the side that my musket was laying on soaked up the water as if it was a wick. Ooh. And everything that was touching the ground rusted. <laughs> oh. And so I busted it all apart just to have it rusted. Rust again. Oh, my goodness. Womp womp. Oh, my goodness. Now, imagine if I had ter- uh, tuberculosis and that was happening. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Jeez, and that, now you see what kind of conditions these people were living in back then, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was some, like, hoity-toity uh, Outlander-themed event. If you're familiar with the book or the TV show. Was that a- the Stephen King one? Mm-mm. This is a show, um, or I should say a series, 
It's about a woman from World War II oh. era, and she ends up traveling back to like the time of the Jacobites and falls in love with this dude. Right. It's a time travel show. Mm-hmm. Like a romantic medieval drama, right? Yes. But, well, but with not, time travel. Not medieval. Um, not medieval, but... Uh, yeah, like 16th or uh, 17th, 18th century. Yeah, yeah. Renaissance era. I like it. I uh, hung out with Quaffy for the day on Saturday when I got in. That was cool. Quaffy oh, Von Dust Bubble made, yeah. a, made an appearance. Yep, yep. And that was fun. Uh, just hung out and checked out uh, where they're staying at now. And uh, it's very hip. <laughs> very hip. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the place to be. Uh, well, let me just say that uh, in all of these stores that were asking you to mask up, to be a conscientious shopper in these uh, locations that, you know, they are definitely shilling hard for one side and one side only. Yeah. Uh, as I'm walking around, I'm listening to abs in a six pack, just the clips. <laughs> if, if you if you know what that episode is all about, uh, you might get a little chuckle. <laughs> I'm sorry, which episode was it? Uh, just the clips. Oh, just the clips. Yeah, I forget the number of it. It was the supercut of Sandy Hook <laughs> related material. Oh man. That uh Sorcerer Seat Sitter presented without comment, of course. He was <sighs> just sourcing the material. He's just showing you clips, actual clips of Sandy Hook. So I'm walking with, ar- uh, you know, walking around these uh uh super super duper liberal uh leaning stores and bookshops and I'm listening to people have uh, heartfelt, in-depth conversations about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to this in my headphones. <laughs> Sorry. Was just, this is why they call it Dimension A and Dimension B. It was funny. It felt very subversive. Yes. You were hiding your power level, as they say. Yes. The, um... Oh, oh, oh I, I I got to hang out with um, a former guest, Patrick, uh, uh, Sergeant Patrick O'Kelly. He was on for episode uh, 21, I believe. Don't fuck with history. Um, mm. And I kind of got an invite, if I'm ever available, to... Are you familiar with Robin Sage? Uh, Robin Sage. Sounds familiar. It's the big training that happens every year for the uh graduates of the special forces courses. okay okay yeah it's this it takes place over like huge parts of north carolina and tennessee and georgia and south carolina and they run exercises for yeah the, like a yeah but basically i'd go out for two weeks and and be a gorilla and fight oh. uh mock battles with special force forces guys Interesting. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? That's a lot of fun now, I think. Uh, as long as, what are you using? You using, like, laser tag type things, or, uh, or I've been, I've been watching. I've been watching videos. <laughs> it's blanks with instructors out on the field monitoring everything and declaring over radio uh, if there's casualties or not. Interesting. So, like, uh, let's say you get flanked from the right side and you don't notice. And then the guy is taking clean shots that the instructor can see. He would probably radio radio you and say you're down. 
I get you. Interesting. Okay. That seems uh, cheap and easy enough. Yeah. To operate. I uh, I really want to do it. I very much want to go do this. You that, should. That was the sort of shit that we would do in uh, reenacting. We would have tacticals, which were battles that were not fashioned after any historical event. It was more so objective-based. Mm-hmm. Go and capture this tree. Okay. Well, we're going to take 20 guys with all of our muskets, run through the woods, and fight off some British forces. Hmm. Oh, it's so much fun, man. Yeah, they had something similar in the medieval reenactment stuff in the SCA where they would have uh, wars. And all the knights that had full armor would go out on the field and they would just beat the shit out of each other with um, these massive bamboo-type weapons and shields. And uh, people would be like, if if somebody won the war, the last man standing would be declared the king. <laughs> and then they'd get a king's tent. Oh, and people nice. would have to bow to them. And <laughs> whoever their lady was would be the queen, and they would be the king and queen of the event. And there's a prince and princess and viscounts, and there's a whole fucking hierarchy. And it's it's really in-depth. But yeah, these, these reenactment organizations, they tend to really like uh, battle, having the timely battle. Oh yeah, man. It's like half the fun. That's why this weekend it was it was nice to to get out. It was super clear. You could actually Good. see the outline of the Milky Way. It was so oh, clear nice. up there. Oh yeah, man. I haven't seen that in forever. Um oh, that's cool. Jupiter was out, the stars, I mean all of the air holes were just I it looked this is a very specific reference, but if you ever played Super Mario All-Stars, where they did a remaster of Super Super Mario Brothers for the Super Nintendo, the stars looked like the glistening ice in the caves and in the ice levels. <laughs> it was it was that clear. Uh, okay. For a second there, I thought I caught the rings of Saturn, but uh, I might have just been, like, super smoke bleary-eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hung out with that's the, awesome. Hung out with mom and dad for the whole week, and uh, hung out with my sister, my aunt, and cousin. It's a good time. Nice family week. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, that sounds like a lovely time over in over in the Carolinas. Yes, most indeed. We should. Uh, but we, you know, that was last week. We have to get to this week now. Indeed, we have to be in the present. And there's no time like the present other than when it comes time to read tonight's tarot card, I think. Mm. Does does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Hell yeah. Uh, We don't want to be stuck in the past. No, you got to move forward, man. Got to. Tonight's tarot card from the Line Strider deck is the reversed Six of Cups. Uh, now, before we get into the reversed meaning, I'm just going to hit you with some general keywords. Nostalgia, childhood, happiness, memories, commer- uh, commemorative activities, beautiful feelings, joy, generosity, and teaching. Oh, this is a very charitable card. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. A home and hearth card. Yes. Uh, 
Let's see here. I'm getting down to the reversed. Um, now, the reversed Six of Cups also implies reminiscence about the past. This flashback is sometimes associated with child or childhood imagery. It suggests that you should not pay attention to the past, but the future for your own sake. I feel like we were just talking about this. The Six of Cups? Well, right before we got into tonight's tarot card, we were like, oh, we can't look in the past anymore. We got to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it was. I, I figured we were segueing into it. I know. I did not. Did you? You didn't even know? You didn't realize? No. I did oh, not. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Synchronicity. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> These things, you know, they, they, they unfold themselves, really. Yeah. They, if you book them, they will come. <laughs> Additionally, the reverse Six of Cups line strider shows that you are too attached to ideas or juicy Juicy. judgments from the past. Oh, shit. I didn't realize we were we're kicking this party off, man. Oh, we're racking one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Cocaine decisions. Cocaine decisions. (laughs) I do cocaine. Thank you, Viper. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Papa, for the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happiness lies within oneself. The way to take it out is cocaine. <laughs> Hello, bag of my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Rock all night. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you, Diamond Dave Pfeiffer. Diamond Dave Pfeiffer. The good doctor, or the good Reverend Diamond Dave Pfeiffer. He's a Reverend Doc. <laughs> yeah. Reverend Dr. Love. All these uh, crazy sounds that you are listening to are boostograms that are flowing in, and uh, we like to cover those before we get into the screen mails. Um, we'll explain all about them and what's going on with them, and why people are murdering goats maliciously and doing drugs. It would be enough to make Aleister Crowley proud. Truly. Uh, uh, coming back to the line, str- or the Six of Cups specifically, uh, make the most of the past to look forward to the future. Also, focus on the present and build a strong foundation for the future. It could also imply that you or someone in your life is behaving childishly, and it unexpectedly is hindering your progress as well as happiness. Ooh. Hmm. What, uh, this card is interesting. I'm trying to place the animals that are, that are featured on the design. Is that lemurs? Or, uh, what, what the fuck was Zabumafu? Was that his name? Uh, yeah, those are, uh, it's like lemurs, a, right? Yeah, ring-tailed are- lemurs. Uh, yeah, yeah, lemurs, wet-nosed primates, uh, a lot of different kinds of them, but I think, I think you're right. Ring-tailed lemur. Interesting, yeah, it's, uh, two lemurs hanging out, it's, uh, kind of playing with some flowers in front of a castle. Uh, yeah, the reverse six of cups traditionally involves an exchange of flowers, if you see in the chat... We have our uh, our 4chan Pepe Tarot, and there you can see a sort of Pepe version of the classic uh, Rider Waite deck. And that deck shows uh, an adult handing a child 
um, some flowers and, and one of the, I mean, it comes in a cup and then there are other cups. All the other cups are upright and they all have flowers, beautiful flowers growing in them. So it's a very comforting, very lovely, homey card. Yeah. It would make sense that, uh, if this card is reversed, it's kind of like the, is it that the flowers are being taken from the child to the adult? You think, or I need to see the or actual. maybe the the cups are either being overturned or they're growing inversely and they can't get sunlight, and uh, you're stunted. Could be that as well. Oh yeah, I had to pull up the uh, the Rider weight art for this one. Couldn't place yes. it. Rider weight tarot. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, from tarotx.net, which uh, I was reading from, uh, there is a final message from the Six of Cups. This is usually a card of nostalgia. It evokes things that, quote, used to be before. It usually, but not always, connects the querer uh, with their childhood. The card advises us not to spend too much time or energy thinking about the, quote, good old days. We all mm. have happy memories to look back on from time to time. But if we start to think that the best years are over, then that will most likely come true. Oh, it's a little self-fulfilling prophecy right there. Uh-huh. Which, you know, the tarot kind of can be sometimes. You see these cards, you set yourself in a certain uh, pace of mind. I like what Bully Seed says in the chat. She says, obstacles, real or imagined. And obstacles of the mind can, while not being tangible, can be some of the most difficult mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. Um, Wrapped up like an onion. You gotta break the walls down one at a time. Yep. Sometimes you have to step outside yourself or ask for help or or kind of just uh, take a break from something maybe that you've been you've been super committed to wound up in. You know. And you gotta you gotta find a different path around the through the wall. Yeah, be like What's, water, man. Be like the Byzantines, man. Yeah. Fill up the gaps. Fill those gaps. Find, find the, the gaps. Find the crack. Mm-hmm. The crevice. The crevasse. Yeah. You know what water can do over 100 million years? Lots. Fucking a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy amount of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Carve canyons, anybody? Yeah. You ever heard of the Grand Canyon? You ever heard of Atlantis? Yeah. You want to see water rip a rail? You want to see me do it again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. Reverse Six of Cups. Have we ever gotten Six of Cups before? Negatory, Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's a a cool one. It's always nice when we get a fresh one. Sometimes uh, we get repeats because life just, even random, it isn't that random. Let's just put it that way. Especially when it comes to tarot. Yeah, no doubt. No coincidences. No coincidences at all. Nope. If you would like to check out this tarot card that we've been discussing, you can head over to zososcorner.substack.com. That's where our show notes for tonight's episode are featured. It's got the artwork. It's got the producers. It's got the tarot card. It's got the links. It's got the videos. It's got the memes. It's got the additional fucking whatever you could shake a stick at and want. It's all there. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you're denying yourself if you don't go to zososcorner.substack.com. Uh, even though this is a podcast, we can assure you that there's much more than an audio um, thing that we're delivering. There's visual elements. There's all kinds of things. If you don't go to the show notes, you're missing half the show. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> you don't want to miss that half. Yeah. Could be the second, second half. You never know. Yeah. Which is always the good one. Uh, but do consider uh, subscribing. They'll they'll show up in your inbox every week. Uh Totally free of charge. It is part of our value for value model that we have so graciously uh, borrowed from uh, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry. Yep, well, that's part of value for value as well. Uh, if you want to hang out with us when we do this show, which is every Monday night at seven thirty, nine thirty, ten thirty Eastern, respectively, you can head over to badradio.live. There's a live stream link and. Only to enter the green room, which is uh, an IRC chat room, and it's phenomenal. And it kicks every other platform's ass. No holds bar. Oh, yeah. There's no censorship. There's nobody, you know, you can be totally anonymous, and you don't even need a password. And actually, I take it back. If you're not in the chat room, you're missing half the show, because that's. Oh, yeah. That's where <laughs> that's where the fun is. That's This is where the fun begins. See, this is this is how you diversify. There's there's like multiple layers of show happening here. There's the audio bit where we're talking, and then there's all the presentational sides of the of the show notes and our references. And then in the chats, there's all these gifts flying by as and people boostograms. Are, are well the, the, as people are sending in boostograms, they can trigger certain gifts if they're drawing tarot cards. That's pulling up art. It's just a non-stop onslaught. And you can have conversations in real time with other people who are also participating in the show. And you, and we'll see what you say if you, you know, if you write some stuff in the chat, we'll see it. <laughs> we and, will see uh, it. I see Because all. we do the show, <laughs> we see everything. <laughs> and uh, that's because we do the show live. This isn't pre-recorded. We do this live and hot for a, a live, uh, not a live studio audience. That's not the right way of putting it. It's a, it's a hot studio audience. It's a hot, hot studio audience. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's an alive studio audience. Mm, no doubt. Oh, uh, yeah. The uh, easiest way that you can help support the show uh, through the value for value method is to reach back out. If there's something that uh, was of value from this show that you received, we just ask that you turn around and help produce public radio whether it's in the form of clips isos music show art story ideas conversations in the chat screen mails monetary donations or boostograms anything or everything it all counts it all counts uh, and any any contribution made towards the show in any way shape or form is considered a producership and you would be a producer of the show so and we'll thank you on the air if you so if you so care about that sort of thing yeah, and make sure that you're listening to this show in a nude podcast app. If you're listening in on Apple, or you're listening in on Spotify, or, I mean, Amazon, Google, any of them, any of them that's not a nude podcast app, you are refusing yourself. You are actively participating in denying yourself uh, a good chunk of the show that we produce. Yep. You're goddamn right. Yep. Uh, as you're listening in app, there's chapters that will scroll by. You'll see the chapter art change. 
All the links that we're referring to at the time are featured right there in app. There's transcripts. There's chat. There's chapter. Uh, I already said chapters. There's uh, comments. If but I mean nobody really uses the comments. I mostly just post uh, images of our t-shirts there, which you can find at behindtheschemes.shop. Yeah, we have sick t-shirts too. We 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 really do. They're awesome. Wear them all day long. Um, Wear them all day long. Uh, but most importantly, you can send boostergrams in those apps. Uh, what is a boostergram? It's a micro payment of Bitcoin sent via the Lightning Network that happens in real time. Uh, should you choose? Should you? Oh my God! Should you choose to pursue this path? Um, it is a way that you could directly support the show without having any sort of middle management involved. Um, nope, just you, me, and the blockchain, sweetheart. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yes. You can hear my my pen click. Your pen rise. <laughs> All rise. <laughs> Bitcoin fixes this. And um Yeah, it's uh it's a really cool way of supporting the show. It's uh real time feedback. It's uh it's just like if PayPal somehow managed to pull their head out of their ass and teamed up with every device that you could listen to a show on. And uh, you were able to send the production money straight out of a PayPal wallet, basically. Kind of. It's the money of the future, and it's also the money of the now. Um, But yeah, and there's a whole ton of different sound effects that you can trigger. Uh, If you want to see the full list, you can go to liveislit.com. Live is lit. There's a full list of all the possible combinations of shit that you could boost. And, uh... Each one of them is going to give you something a little special. Yeah, if you heard the uh, the goat being sacrificed, there's been two so far. That's that was triggered by a boostergram and uh, a couple other things. There's there's a large variety of things to choose from, but killing the goat, racking up a line, you name it. Liveislit.com. We do have a lot of boosts to get to. We should go ahead and crack those open. Do it to it. Do it to it. Do it, do it. Um, I'm guessing, I think it's, the first one is, uh, oh, shit. Do you remember which one you read last? Um, do I remember which one I read last? Let me look at my list. Let's, uh, I can do this, because I, I know this comes from, there's one from Spencer who sent the juicy uh, Lori and I so <laughs> as a boost for sixty nine sixty nine sats. He was boosting episode one twenty. Uh, then we had twenty three thousand sats from Pitar through Fountain, and he said, "Wild show, fellas! Thank you." Oh, uh, wild show! I think I think I caught that one. Uh, bu- 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 thirty three thirty three from Servo boosting from Cron Tab. That was a Monday, October seventeenth. Let's see that one. God, I wish there was like a an actual timestamp that displayed in helipad that would be nice i probably caught all the ones from monday but uh let me check here uh then 42 4200 sats from johnny potts he threw fountain he said fucking hell been locked out of fountain womp womp for weeks on this old beater of a phone keep memeing the schemes fellers Will do, sir. Will do. Yeah, good to see you back. 
Um, we got uh, sixty six, sixty six from C Brooklyn one twelve. He slaughtered himself a goat. He's boosting through Curio Caster, and he said solo genre, one of my faves. The solo genre is solo. Have you? Are you interested in the genre of solo? Solo, ho, 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 genre, ho, 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 genre, ho, 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 uh, thirty-three, thirty-three from Bully Steed through Fountain, and she said, "Caught tail end of BTS Threadless sale." Yeah, I await my new wardrobe. Hell yeah, me too. Hashtag me too. Uh, fifteen hundred sets from Midas. He's boosting the live tag out of Curiocaster. He said, "Boost the boost, the boost. You got to have the biggest boost. You got to have the biggest boost. You know, the biggest of the boost." Boost me, bitch. There we go. Uh, 66, 66 from Servo. That was that first goat that just, man, I felt bad for the little guy. He caught, it was totally caught unawares. You had no idea it was coming. Nobody wants to be the first goat in line at the top of any behind this game. Let me tell you, Mark. No, no, no. And you don't want to be the first in line at the end of the show because then you got to wait. Yeah. Actually, in front I, of the line all week. I don't think you want to be in the middle of the line either. You don't want to be anywhere on that line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good place. But someone's got to do it. Those goats are in there doing it. And uh, you heard just what they're for at the at the openings. So that was Servo that triggered that one. Thank you. Got in my eye, Servo. We had, oh, he said, whatever floats your goat. Heyo. <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> goats and hoes. Ain't nothing but goats and hoes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Bizzle, we are. 6666 from Bully Seed through Fountain. She said, This is a refresh BTS. Fresh. Fresh. Thank you, Dan B. Yes. Hope we're having your refreshing moon days. Yes, most indubitably. And last but not least, Pfeiffer busting out the mirror platter already. 3,500 sats. <laughs> Three and, a half, three and a half grams. Happiness lies within oneself, and the way to dig it out is cocaine. <laughs> Reverend Doctor Love, and that was Aleister Crowley, Diary of a Drug Fiend. Also, could be Crowley. Yeah, could could be very Crowley. <laughs> could be that could is, be illegal. How have we not done that one yet? That is very Crowley. <laughs> well, it's on the list now. Yeah. Damn it. These things bubble up occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's all of our boostograms uh, for tonight. If you want to get in on that action, you just got to go to nude podcast apps and check out CurioCaster. Check out Fountain. Check out Podverse. Check out anything that's not what you're listening to uh, uh, this show on right now. Mm-hmm. And treat yourself, man. For the love of Treat God. Yourself. Oh. Get, get yourself a fresh app with all the cool shit. Yeah. And um, last but not least, because this is a rather new addition, uh, if you want to hang out with us during the week, go make a Mastodon account at spook.social. 
come hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Indeed and agreed. Come join us on our open source Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Mastodon instance. Yeah. You'll, you'll glow. You'll subvert. There's no end to the amount of shenanigans. Indeed, indeed. The internet is a bountiful well. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to surpass the tinfoil hat. This, uh, Mastodon. An amount of, uh, just in terms of traffic, I've been kind of keeping an eye on it because that place is a ghost town. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't even know. I've never even heard of it. So, oh, it's, uh, that's the newt.social. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one. Yes. Yep. I recall. It's, uh, it was set up by the same guys that did ours. It's nuked. Newt.social or spook.social. Either way. Your jimmies are going to get all stewarded. Whip this little bitch in the face if she makes a peep. Yeah, a lot of comments were from people wondering if the goats may have been killed as some type of offering to Satan. It sounds pretty crazy. It sounds like something that would only happen in movies. Rotate, zoom, enhance, normalize, compress, limit, expand, boost, level, and play. Here we go. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Rolling out the MK Ultra song. It's great. Makes it glow. What'd that moth mouth do? The easiest way that you can what support do the show. Do? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? What do it do, baby? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my goodness. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. The uh, easiest way that you can support this show is to call 612-263-7999 and uh, leave us a green mail. That's right. You can leave us a voicemail at 612-263-7999. Uh, the phone lines aren't open tonight. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. Or you can text us as well. Yeah, so it looks like we have one, exactly one screen mail in the can. Here we go. Oh, man. So I guess the rumors are they're not true because I heard... That Bobiri was attacked by goats with all the slaughtering and whatnot that goes on that uh there's an uprising and he was attacked and and either uh killed or seriously injured. So when I heard about that, I was just like Aah! And then I mean I did a little bit of the Nelson like ha ha but you know Anyway, well, glad you're alive, and uh, Lavash, um, mm. uh, you, did, mm. you did a good job last week. You, you held it down. You held your own. You stayed strong. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you fought the good fight. Mm-hmm. And now you can just lay back and you know, ghost because they're true, you guys, and that makes everything easier, right? You know. Yeah, I'm gonna get you know, out like of here. life is easy. You, you know, or, you know, life's tough one by yourself, but, you know, the instant you get married, it's just like all peaches and cream, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, that's about that. 
Uh, you guys do any pumpkin carving? Punk, pumpkin carving? I, I guess I said that word wrong sometimes. Um, there's some pumpkin carving going on at our house, but oh yeah, not a is that, big is place. That a and, euphemism? Uh, we had some, we had people over and stuff. So the nephews and the sister-in-law and brother-in-law and stuff came over. And they did theirs, and the wife and I are going to do ours later, probably just separately. But you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to carve. Not really got good at it, but yeah, the thing. But uh, yeah, I'd be curious what uh, what what you guys have carved, or maybe carved in the past, or something like that. I don't know. You know, little BTS um, thing, but you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is called rambling, so we're gonna just say it. We'll, but I still mean it. I love you guys. Stay dangerous. Uh, watch out for the attack goats. You know, we don't need that uprising and whatnot. But, uh, and, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, you're carving a pumpkin or, you know, you're being chased down by rabid goats, you know, you can always just yell it. Yell it. We know what you're going to say. You know, you just got to do it. You got to do it no matter what. Kakaw! Kakaw! Kakaw, comrade Christopher Battles. Thank you for calling. <laughs> and, uh, I have this for for one Christopher Battles. Yeah, give him a B. Give him a B? Yeah. All right for Booberry. Mm-hmm. Booberry was very rarely making appearances. His eyes make me Jersey. think he just twisted up a blunt before he came over. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't smoke any blunts. Ah, oh, that's weak. Mm. Uh, you know what I just realized? Mm. That Christopher Battles. Do you know where he lives? In the bereft coast. I, I believe he does. Yeah. I think yeah. uh north side if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think he lives too far from me over here on the Breath Coast. Yes. Uh should go and hang out sometime. You should. Uh let's check out this next Cotton one. Cotton Jen and I smoke blunts. We smoke two blunts. Who smokes the blunts? We smoke the blunts. We smoke the blunts. <laughs> let's see what next caller has to say. Hey, peace, gentlemen. This is Byron. Uh, about to be wrapping up here at work. I'm uh, currently rinsing a, a tank. Uh, it's a fermenter, 300 barrels. If you want to do some quick math, uh, one barrel is 31 gallons. Wow. So uh, we're going to be making this uh, goat's blood lager, okay? okay. Uh, we want that nice light color of the lager beer to really uh-huh. highlight the goat's blood. Uh, so it's going to be about a 50-50 ratio. We're going to do 150 barrels of the actual lager, but we're going to need to get 150 barrels of the goat's blood. I, I don't know how much blood a goat will produce and slaughter it, but we've got to get slaughtering all my goats, man. Um, I mean, I, I, oof, I don't know where else I'm going to be able to source all this goat's blood. Uh Man, dude, that hey, I got to get 150 barrels of it here in the next couple of days. So, um, yeah, but that's um, we, we cannot have any goats put back together. We need every single one of them uh, freshly bled. Got to get that precious stuff uh, for the sperm fermenter here. So, uh, <laughs> color almost yeah. said sperm. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh my God, Colin, that was some. Classic Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake zombie screeching, my guy. Yeah, 
You went to the to the ethereal plane on that one. Yeah, straight to the mall, my guy. <laughs> All the way down and then back up again <laughs> with that scream, sir. Uh, and I w- excellent work. I was able to do a little bit of quick research on the fly, and it looks to be that a sixty to eighty kilogram goat would have about a gallon of blood in it. I'm looking at it. Says that the goat could be anywhere between forty four and three hundred ten pounds. We say, yeah, we say, let's just say it's 200 pounds. And then you have 70 milliliters per kilogram is what they say. So you got 200. But I like your, so what did you say? What was your guess? Uh, About a gallon of blood for 60 to 80 kilograms. 60 to 80 kilogram. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, we're we're looking at like between like seventy and ninety liters. Mm. Oh come on, play, goddamn you! I oh. do make a lot of goat sacrifices. <laughs> I think we can manage that. That's easy. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can manage that. We just you know we get our cut. Uh, you know, is it going to be like a red ale? I like it. Yes. Um, I'm also looking into uh, some text messages because you can text this phone number, 612-263-7999. And it's a link. It says, Music Bed, probably have access to the last half of Clip Beat already, but thought this was clean cut. If not, throw that in after calls, voicemails, etc. Enjoy. Well, let's check it out, shall we? What is this? Well, is it long? Or did he say to put it at the end? It is. I could put it at the end, but I already do have something lined up. It's a. It's a short. Let's. Let's. Uh, let me refresh. Enhance. Rotate. Level. Compress. Curious that is to me, and curious that it should be you. Opposites, perhaps. Opposites. And that. That thing sticking in my heart. You own, you own part of that heart. You do. You do, Polly. You do. Mm. Don't fuck with the Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I started this show during the uh, during yield twenty twenty, but I never got to never got around to finishing it. It's a cool show, but it's dry and it gets boring. Mm. And you're you're vaguely familiar. I mean, everybody in that show is like based on a historical figure, but you don't know who because you're not a British person. Indeed, in not like. Boardwalk Empire, which has like famous people like Andrew Mellon, who we mentioned on the show very recently. Yeah. Yeah. And Al Capone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Thank you, Texter. Yeah. Well, um, I that's all of our business. Uh that's that's it. Dan Cola. Well, yeah. shall we roll a dice? 
Yeah, let's. Um, do you get? I mean, do you have anything in mind? I'm, I've, I've got this four sided die in hand. Okay, uh, we can do that. I, I was rolling a twelve myself. So we can do a four. The pyramid. Ooh, we could do. How about we could we could use the four sided die as a multiplier to the eight sided die. Okay. Okay. And the highest would be what. 32 so let's say closest to 17 will go last okay do you find these terms acceptable i accept these terms sir Well, I don't know about you, but I absolutely crushed it. Damn. I absolutely did not. <laughs> I was got, laughing at how bad my roll was. I got a four. <laughs> I got a four. Oh, what? I rolled a one on the four side and a four on the... Yeah. Wow. wow. Both, what are the odds of that? Yeah, that's crazy. I got a two and a two. You got a two and a two? Nice. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess uh, we should just talk over each other for the next two hours, and we'll just play we'll both go last. Yeah, and we'll both go last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go to intermission now. When we come back, we'll both go. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's do a reroll. How about that? Oh, fine. All right. Oh, fine. I did not do much better that time. Oh, I did even worse. I got a two. I got a six. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm rolling ass over here. Rolling ass. <laughs> <laughs> rolling straight ass. Well, oh, uh, gosh. I guess that means I'll take the second second half. Oh, very well. Very well, Sir Booberry. Black Knight of the Moth. What that moth mouth do though? Uh, I want to lick your lamp. <laughs> Let me see your lamp, girl. Lick the lamp. Lick the lamp. Moon uh, me, uh, moon uh, me, baby. What? Uh, gosh, I had. I was thinking of something, and then I totally, totally lost it. Uh. That tends to happen. Just goes right in, right out. I brought to the table today, and by the way, welcome back. I know that uh, you get, you're doing great for being back in the swing of things. Uh, I recently discovered that you, you've heard of this gentleman, George Floyd. Uh, you know, uh, it rings a couple of bells. Because right, you being from the Minneapolis. You you know you were very close to the events, the George Floyd events, which led to the the race riots around the country, to BLM yeah. becoming the big deal, and you know. So yeah. you, I I, I, I walked down to his memorial where he died. Yep, sad yep. shit, man. I mean, it's that was the one thing. If we had more time while I was there, you you said we would check out some of that shit. We would go check out some of the the burnt down stuff and. Uh, 
the memorials and things like that. I would have been down to check all that out. But for some reason, I came along and I discovered that back in 2020, uh, they took his body from Minneapolis and they transported it all the way to his hometown in Houston, Texas. Did you know about this? Oh, yeah. The dude had like three burials or some crazy shit. Yeah, at least three major funeral services. Uh, one in Minneapolis and two, at least two in Houston. One of them being a public one and one was a private one. What I didn't know, and I recently discovered, was that he was transported in a golden sarcophagus. Shut or a golden the coffin. Fuck up. A fucking tip to top gold sarcophagus. Ah, can't take this shit no more, man. I mean, come on. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Now, this is a very famous type of coffin. It's called the Promethean coffin. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Shut your... <laughs> so... George Floyd was transported. And by the way, Minneapolis to Houston is not a short drive. No, that's like uh, almost the top of the country to almost the bottom of the country. Exactly. Almost. You're basically driving the entire, I don't know, length from top to bottom of the United States. Yep. And he was transported, I guess, in this gold coffin. Ooh. Uh, now, your immediate thoughts on this. Before I go any further, what, what is what is your first reaction when you hear that he had a cold coffin? Alright, so I looked into this story. Basically, this is a Masonic ritual thing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you glow. How right you are. Oh my god. I've got some really good pictures of it in the show notes. Of the ceremony, I believe, that was in Houston. The public ceremony, which was... The biggest one. Give everybody time to get their stuff together. You had your regular collection of celebrities. You had your Reverend Owls. Uh, Jimmy Fox was there with Channing Tatum. There was uh, you know, a lot of uh, media and a lot of musicians and a lot of people that were coming through. And they were all paying their respects to this golden coffin. Now, Jamie Fox is pretty spooky, I've, I've come to find, um, following his career and with his success. He's definitely been initiated into something. That's my that's my take on Jamie Foxx. Gold coffins are a big deal. Anybody who is who would be buried in a gold coffin must be considered the the highest of high. Kings are buried in you king, kings aren't buried in gold coffins. Only the the greatest of kings. And uh, in this modern world, the two names that come up. Uh, as people in the last 50 years that have been buried in gold coffins are James Brown and Michael Jackson. Oh, interesting. So, I obviously, hmm, what, what do you think? I was, I guess it maybe it was an incorrect misconception on my side. I thought that Michael Jackson got the glass sarcophagus treatment. Uh, but that, maybe. that could just be misremembering. Let's see. Jackson's coffin was gold. Okay. I can see here. Interesting. And there's JB. There's a picture of Michael Jackson at James Brown's funeral. 
standing in front of his open casket, which is also gold. Wow. So, yeah, this is, and I think it's the same type. It's like the same thing. It's the Promethean gold-plated coffin, which runs anywhere between twenty-five and $30,000, apparently. Which, to me, actually doesn't seem that expensive. Do you think they take sats for it? <laughs> I will give you two bitcoins, sir, for this gold coffin. The ultimate standard. The ultimate gold standard. A Bitcoin-plated coffin. <laughs> a gold coffin is the ultimate fuck you to the phrase, you can't take it with you. Yeah. Oh, watch me. Watch me, bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm taking it with me. I'm taking it you- six feet down. Yep, no one's got this but me for, you know, until somebody, you know, I guess goes for it. <laughs> Bulldozes my ass to build an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, and pays for it with the gold coffin. All the famous gold coffins of, of antiquity, they're they're lost because people found them and melted them down. You know, that shit doesn't last forever. Somebody eventually gets to it and takes it. But uh, anyway... To, to preface all of this, I might as well say, just on the topic of George Floyd in general, I do not think that he deserved uh, to die. I don't, you know, he had a criminal record, sure. He allegedly robbed someone at gunpoint one time in his youth, but he never hurt, he never killed anybody. And so, personally, I don't think that he really deserved to die. Um, that being said, he's taken on, like, a thing of his own. And the man who lived could never dream of the scale you yeah. know, of influence that he has he has caused to become a martyr of the democratic party is to bear a hefty load and and of the, the black american i mean when you look at all these videos that i look through for this thing i mean there's so many people that that are using him as this focal point for this sort of movement this sort of thing you know this a linchpin for the for the for, for the progression of something well, I I don't want to get into it because this is going to be stuff that um that I'll cover for second second half. But he has become sort of canonized on the streets. He's become a folk saint, a folk yeah. hero. He's become a folk hero. Yeah, and he's become in a way a cult figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, the holograms, uh, the murals everywhere. Yeah. His image is just plastered all over the place. <laughs> On <And>, Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep fakes. Deep fake porn. He's a favorite there. Um, I got a couple of clips. I suppose we could go over some of the stuff. Uh, if you could play Gold Coffin 1, Jamie Foxx. Mourners packed Fountain of Praise Church in his hometown of Houston to say goodbye in the private service for invited guests only. The ceremony was filled with poignant moments. As his golden coffin was wheeled in, police saluted. His grieving family and friends viewed his body for the last time. Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna, arrived with her mom behind her. She got a loving kiss during the service. Actor Jamie Foxx stood up as he was acknowledged from the pulpit. He sat next to Channing Tatum. Fox's mask had Floyd's name written on it. So this is uh, in in the height of uh, COVID, of course. And I got a great picture of Reverend Al in the notes wearing a mask well below his nose. 
This is still probably one of the, if not the most absolutely infuriating thing that I encountered, not personally, but just reading enough of the instances where it happens and it happening to people like Jamie Deluxe and friends of mine, the fact that families were barred from holding funeral services for their families. And so they had to sit in refrigeration for three months, five months, seven months, nine months. I mean, it is probably one of the cruelest things to not only deny family members from coming to visit their fucking family in the goddamn hospital to turn around and say, no, you're going to have to wait because it's dangerous. You can't stay safe if you go put your fucking family member in the goddamn ground. And the fact that this mother, I mean, I, I think it's incredibly unfortunate about everything uh, that happened to George Floyd. I think it was a wrong time, wrong place, wrong person. And I don't think that anybody did anything to pull themselves out of that situation. I think it was kind of just guilty parties all around. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And it's, more or less. And, uh, you know, the fact that this guy gets three it with fucking Biden delivering a eulogy. Channing Tatum yeah. shows up. It, 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 yeah. And they're performing music and there's a concert and they're having, you know, they even say, you know, <laughs> uh, play, play a Gold Coven 2 social distance. You're going to love this. Social distance at the funeral proved to be impossible to achieve, but guests were advised to wear their masks. If you're in the house today, Without a mask, you need to get a mask, or you cannot stay in the house. Keep your mask on within the sanctuary. As a singer performed an incredible moment, an artist drew a picture of George upside down, then dramatically flipped it around. Wow. Mm. Wow, Blueberry, wow. Incredible. <laughs> so inspirational. Things are really moving in a good direction. <laughs> I'm really proud of where we're going. Uh, well, no, I totally agree with you, dude. And I, I lost somebody very close to me as well during this time. And, and, uh, you know, cremation was the only, the only option. Uh, and we were lucky to even be able to do that. And we couldn't have a service of any kind of an official capacity. So we ended up just going to a, a parking lot of a church and just doing it there. And a shitload of people showed up and, you know, that's how you had to operate for a little while. You had to operate under the radar in a sort of like a prohibition style manner if you wanted to do anything. If you wanted to do anything, you know, you can you can say stay home and you can say, you know, just don't go out, just don't go out, just work from home. But it's not just working that you do, you know, you live life. And if you lose somebody and you need to hold a service for them immediately, which is what you have to do after someone dies, you need to, you know, get that taken care of right away. Um. That isn't an option. And this was, in a big way, a giant insult to everybody. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I really like all the fucking vaccination and the mandates and the mask. All of it aside, there is 
nothing that just gets under my skin more than this fucking story and I just the the whole umbrella of the of this side. It makes me very upset. Yeah. It's it's a sad thing to think about. Um but it's important also to just kind of note the funny aspects of it, like this golden coffin thing, which I think is just so fucking over the top. <laughs> right. I was so blinded in my rage and hubris that I failed to notice the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to see the silver or the golden lining, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, you're invoking Prometheus, this knowledge of fire. You've transmuted this, uh, figure of lead, this George Floyd, this mortal to the martyr, George Floyd. You've transcended his soul into gold. It has elevated him to the levels of our societal gods, i.e. Hollywood. Yeah, or urban legend or... or The folk hero, the folk The saint. folk hero. Yeah. Exactly. You've transmuted this one individual who had no idea of what he was going to be the cause of into a, ma- a massive social movement. And this entire social movement is completely anchored and rooted around this one guy and on what happened to him, his death, which to me is it just reeks of, of Christianity. I mean, that's what Christianity is, is, is your entire religion centered around a guy who was, who was unjustly murdered, <laughs> you know, and that's really the foundation of it all. Mm-hmm. Um. It doesn't exist without that. So I thought that there was an interesting parallel. And they also uh, buried him uh, with his mother, which I thought was very like Jesus and Mary type a thing to happen. Most but definitely. I, yeah. I, would I like, I like you pointing out the alchemical aspect though, of turning lead to gold, turning the base human being into a golden ideal upon which we all are trying to attain. Uh, the ch- uh, final public service was held at the Fountain of Praise Church in Houston. Was, uh, all the celebrities were there. And uh, he, he, I found something that I'd never seen before. I found a video of him talking, of him saying something. Have you ever seen video, have you ever seen footage of George Floyd actually talking when he was alive? I've seen one. I don't remember the context or the content inside the clip. I found this clip of him. It's funny. I thought I thought what he says in this clip is very wise and and very cool of him to say. If you'll play his own words. Saw my own girl Nikki from South Lawn lost her son. Man, our young generation is clearly lost. Man, clearly lost. Man, like like. I don't even know what to say no more, man. Like, you youngsters just going around, just busting guns in crowds, kids getting killed, you know, and it's clearly the generation after us, man, that's so lost, man. You know, man, I came at the Houston and told me, yeah, Floyd, that young truth, man, right there, because he could bust a gun. Man, I knew it was crazy. Then I ain't saying this here, man. You know what I'm saying? And condoning this, bro. You know what I'm saying? And like, half them young shooting them guns, Go home and they knees shaking at night, but they don't show it to nobody because you know they ain't tough. Then, hey man, come on home, man. One day it's gonna be you and God. You going up or you going down? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. <laughs> I thought it was a poignant note to end it on. Just you and God in the end. You're either going up or down. 
<laughs> yeah. This elevator doesn't go sideways. <laughs> <laughs> you never stand where you where you're meant to stay. You know, you're always moving somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully forward. Hopefully it was either up or down. Yeah, man. But I, I like what he said. He talked about he talked about violence. He talked about kids shooting people and being dicks and he said, fucking that sucks. Stop doing all that. And you know, the man did some drugs. Who doesn't? And uh, the man, uh, you know, got in some trouble when he was a young man. Who doesn't? You know, it's given your time and place where you are. But he never hurt anybody. He never killed anyone. And uh, I I think that's just, I don't know. To me, that, that holds a lot of water. I, I care about that kind of shit. You know, if somebody's murdered and someone, and then someone is used, the memory of them is used in such a way. Yeah, I was, uh, <clears throat> it was definitely interesting to see the, um, the movement of Floyd, I guess, kind of unfold firsthand. <laughs> yeah, you were right there at the epicenter where it was all going down. And I was watching it through, uh, live feeds. Yeah. And there, there was a period of time where I was watching the, the riots in Minneapolis, like it was a, it was sports, you know, and I'd come home from work and I would, I would flip on the riots <laughs> and I'd watch them, <laughs> you know, or I'd watch them at work. Uh, it was very, it was a very strange time, but it was intense. I mean, I remember there was like a two or three month period of intense rioting in Minneapolis in Portland in Seattle. And then to a lesser degree in New York and here in San Francisco. Um, but in those three spots in particular, there was just nonstop every night, just crazy shit going on. People getting hurt, flashbangs, tear gas, lasers, rubber bullets. Bottles <laughs> filled with feces and piss being left oh, to ferment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People just fucking tagging up the federal building in Seattle just from head to toe and they're they're you know, it's just covered in plywood. They've boarded it up, it's a war zone. People. If anybody gets too close to the double doors, you know, these guys come out and they snatch them and they pull them in the building and they're just gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> just psycho <laughs> shit, dude. Never seen it in my life. Yeah. And, yep. it, and it was, it all started with him. It all started with this man and with, with what happened to him. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I definitely, I, ne- I never really agreed with the, um, the using him for political advantage. I, I just, that always kind of disturbed me too. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys are used like that and gals are used like <laughs> that when they go and their, their memories are, are just, you know, people, your personality, the person stops being them and it, they start being you <laughs> and your perception of them or your lens of them. It's the or same, what you're going through. And it's the same people that uh, died during 9-11, I would argue. That you too. Know, it's the memory of, you will never forget this tragedy. So bend over and let us check your cheeks. Make yeah. Sure you're not trying to fly anything that we wouldn't like on this plane. Make sure that you, you know, father of three from Ohio, don't have a bomb in your shoe. Yeah. Take off your shoes. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, we're going to spend... You know, trillions upon trillions of dollars to go kick some ass. <laughs> yeah. Win some we oil. To, 
we have to give them hundreds of billions of dollars worth of armament and, and aircraft. and Because you won't forget. Because we got to look out for these two, these twenty three four hundred people, man. Just, just they need us, and we have to, and we have to watch and listen to every single little fucking thing that you do forever because of these people. Yeah. It's what they would have wanted. Yeah, they would have wanted me to spy on you and your children forever. These people died so that we could spy on you. That's right. And sadly, that's, you know, we're kids, but that's how, it's not a joke. Yeah, it's not a joke, man. You know, it's not a joke, man. I'm not God. kidding you. No malarkey. Uh, it's, it's let me, uh, twisted. It sounds pretty crazy. It sounds like something that would only happen in movies. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the root of a lot of why people struggle to, to face very inconvenient truths and instead call them conspiracy theories because they just don't, they think you know, that, that wouldn't happen in real life. That's just only happens in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch. <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but Hey, incredulity. What a, what a time to be alive. I did find a stunning parallel though. Just thinking about this whole golden coffin thing. I really just couldn't shake it. It was so over-the-top fascinating to me that this guy was in a golden coffin. And it reminded me of another OG who was also buried in a very famous tomb that was covered head-to-toe in gold. Uh, If you will play uh, Golden Coffin 4. After Alexander's death, the highest-ranking official in Babylon, Perdiccas, had Alexander's body embalmed. Perdiccas spent the next two years making plans for Alexander's remains to be transported back to A.J. Macedonia, where he would be buried in a tomb in a manner customary to the kings of Macedonia. In those two years, Perdiccas personally oversaw the construction of a carriage that would hold the remains of Alexander on the journey back to Macedonia. The carriage was covered in gold and designed like a temple. It had details that recognized Alexander as a great leader and warrior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, This uh, tomb was basically a temple on wheels, a miniature temple on wheels. Uh, It had six by six ionic pillars supporting it, uh, with two pillars in the front and back. Uh, and it was covered in gold, and it had art, and it was drawn by allegedly drawn by sixty four mules that were also draped in gold. Mm. Uh, and I kind of got a little interested in the source of this material because you, you, you. I mean, this is accepted as fact. He had to this and he had to that. But the truth of this is that all this information comes from old, old writings. Whatever remains of, of you know, certain scribes copying this and copying that over the centuries. And I found out that a lot of what we know about the Golden Tomb and about Alexander's life in general comes from Quintus Curtius Rufus, which is a first-century Roman, and he had a multiverse, uh, multi-volume manuscript that was copied by a Frenchman in the times of Charlemagne in the seventh century, and that is what we have. <laughs> we have scraps of a copy of this man's writing. Um, <laughs> And uh, and also uh, scraps of a copy of the Greek uh, Diodorus, also of the first century. Yet still somehow more trustworthy than Snopes. 
<laughs> now that's fact checking, Snopes. So yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> go snope yourself. <laughs> go snope yourself, <laughs> bitch. Would it be? Never mind. I don't even want to make the joke. Not even going to say it. Oh God! Quick, before you say it, here, say uh, Golden Coffin Five. Uh, Golden Coffin Five. Transported back. For the next two years, Alexander's body remained in Babylon, as Perdiccas and his followers oversaw the construction of a funeral carriage unlike any other the world had seen. The carriage was designed to resemble a great temple. It had beautiful ionic columns, encircled by paintings depicting Alexander and his army, and was covered with gold. It was to be pulled by 64 mules, each bearing a golden crown and bell. Upon its completion, Perdiccas ordered that Alexander's body was to be escorted home to Agai in Macedonia, the traditional resting place of the Macedonian kings. This yeah. kind of sounds like what they just uh, did to the queen. Yeah, yeah, big, yes, exactly. An excellent parallel to make, I think. Uh, this is this is something that they do for very very important heads of state. They did the same thing for Lincoln after his assassination. Mm-hmm. They they put him in a big magnificent portable tomb, uh, coffin, and and basically carted him around the country so people could see him for themselves. So this is this is a tradition, I suppose. But uh, the gold, the queen wasn't, I don't think the the queen was put in a gold coffin. I don't think Lincoln was put in a gold coffin. You know? uh, no, usually I think the royal family is buried in lead coffins. Lead coffins. Yeah. So that their radioactive lizard eyeballs don't explode and take out the universe. <laughs> Lizards really talk this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the content. Oh, it was, uh, I was trying to prep this, uh, vampire story, um, and I just couldn't quite get into it, but, uh, I did come across this article, Grunge, Why Members of the Royal Family Are Buried in Coffins Lined with Lead. Um, oh, I do, oh, now you're ringing bells here. Yeah. Let's, uh, see if I can skim this real quick. Um... These fucking lizards. Princess Diana's coffin was lined in lead. Um, let's see. Why all the extra structural support? Much can simply be chalked up that the most prized royal attribute tradition, uh, it's simply how things have been done. It's just the way things have always been. And the monarchy oh, I love that. is famously change adverse. In addition to the pool of tradition, though there are a few few practical and legal reasons for the lead-lined coffins. A sealed casket is airtight, meaning moisture can't get in so uh, quite so easily. Because the environment is drier, the remains take much longer to decay, a very real concern for some royal bur- burials, since the deceased members of the royalty might be moved later on, as was the case for Prince Alice, uh, Prince Philip's mother. Basically, the royals don't want their beloved family members decomposing bodies to smell up the vaults that they are interned in. Interesting. Isn't it an interesting point that we were talking about lead to gold? The queen is buried in a lead coffin, but George Floyd is buried in a gold coffin. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, in tradition of using personal sized boxes for internment began centuries ago. And usually those with more wealth could afford better after death digs. Ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia, for example, had coffin like structures constructed of wood, cloth, paper, uh, Celtic tribes are known for laying out their dead in caskets made of flat stones. Um, people without financial means didn't get much more than a shroud. Uh, but where was the, I don't see the year that they started doing this. Um, yeah, it just sounds like it's uh, also comes, uh, another benefit of the lead lined coffin also comes from the vacuum like seal that the lining creates. Um, hmm. I guess it's just a pretty decent, uh, construction material as far as coffins are concerned. Nice and heavy and durable. That's, yeah. that's one thing, but still, you know, with heavy. what we use lead oh. for now, it's such a joke. And that was the other thing I was thinking, if it's an old tradition, then maybe it's so that it's for grave robbers to make it more difficult for them to, to fuck with the, with the corpse well, or to move the thing. Yeah, I mean, look at the dudes, the uh, pallbearers in this. Oh, God damn it, this garbage link. Um, look at the guys are grimacing in this photo. You're just struggling. These these little weak British weasels, these malnourished weasels can't carry their poor queen. I think this is Princess Di. Get yeah, it? tomato, tomato. <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. More like Princess. Oh, wait. Go princess do <laughs> hey yo what's that princess mouth do <laughs> yo what that princess do <laughs> she's classically trained booberry oh my god uh i'm glad that you brought up good old ancient egypt by the way because uh there happens to be i think i think a lot of this gold stuff you said that a lot of the the burials were done with cloth they were done with with much more modest materials than gold. But there seemed to be a series of pharaoh, pharaohs, pharai, that uh, were very much, gold was very much a part of the burial scene. And, and there seems to be at least some period in ancient Egypt's history where gold was very important for burial processes. And even poor people would, you know, get a little tiny bit of gold and they would do something like, um, line the inside of their lip like where the where the mouth opens and they would line that with gold or something you know they'd have a, just a tiny tiny bit so there happens to, there have there has to be some sort of connection with that and egypt in my opinion is is very death culty mm. a lot of their religion has to do with death and has to do with the underworld uh, embalming and mummification are all part of that and there is even a valley. There's a, there's a place where they found a bunch of um, mummies called the Valley of the Golden Mummies, where there's a lot of this sort of gold incorporated in all these burials that they found, and art um, of you know scenes of gods, Anubis, and that sort of thing. If you will play go, uh, Gold Coven Six Mummies, let's get some gold to be gold. able to become like a god was thought to be an aid in achieving eternal life. In Egyptian mythology, gods are immortal. Egyptian gods are described as having bones of silver, skin of gold, and hair of lapis lazuli. And lapis lazuli is actually a semi-precious stone 
that is blue in color. And so to become like a god, they thought, well, let's have the mummy decorations, the masks and the portraits. Let's have them with blue hair, golden skin. <laughs> my, uh, totally not related, but kind of. My, uh, the girl that I was, uh, head over heels for in high school, her MySpace handle was Lazuli. <laughs> oh. As in Lapis Lazuli. Lapis Lazuli. Which I'm not as uh, big of a, a geologist as everybody else around here. Actually, but I looked at this. You got some on you? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Lapis Lazuli with pyrite inclusions. Uh, a deep blue metamorphic rock. A semi-precious stone that has been prized since antiquity for its intense blue color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so, just getting light. Go on, so I can take a picture. I'll drop it in the chat there for you. Another reason you should be in the chat. If we happen to have live samples of stone on hand, we'll post them in the chat. Very, yeah. very true. That's the best part. All of the bonus content that you would ever find on like a Patreon or something, it's there. You just have to reach out and take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's free, for God's sake. We're not asking for anything other than just to click on a link. Um. So, as the lady, the kind lady from uh, the museum said in the clip, gods were said to have bones of silver, skin of gold, and they were blue hairs. They had hair of lapis lazuli. Uh, so, I thought that, that was interesting that they seemed to have blue hair. The, the most typical death mask that you see, like the most stereotypical Egyptian thing you can think of, is that the pharaoh's death mask, which is a skin of gold, and then it's inlined with blue. You have the lapis lazuli that's that's sort of inset into the detail of the mask. Um, and then silver can be in there as well. But that's like the most extravagant of all of the death masks. So you could say that the golden uh, coffin really started, as far as we know, in good old ancient Egypt. Like so many other things. Like everything else. I think that the idea of burying people underground probably started in fucking Egypt. It's crazy. They came up with all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, also, interesting enough, a golden coffin is also a financial term. An official financial term that you can find on Investopedia. Do you, can you guess what a golden coffin is? Um, I'll, gi- I'll give you a hint. If you're familiar with the Golden Umbrella, it's similar. Well, the Golden Umbrella, is that the same as the Golden Parachute? <laughs> no, the Golden Parachute, I'm sorry. It's similar to one. The Golden Parachute. So I'm I'm wondering if the Golden Coffin isn't something like, uh, oh God, what was her name? She was a Playboy bunny. She was in a couple of movies. And she ended up marrying a man that was four, three, four times. Oh, Christ, God, what not, was her name? Not Christy Alley. Um, uh, she was so famous, too. Yeah. Um, but it's... Uh, it's Mary. Is it like a... No? Well, it's, it's Anna Nicole Smith. Thank you. That's the one. Anna Nicole Smith. That's I, right. So my educated guess is that this is something that uh, pertains to maybe generational wealth um or is this something so extravagant 
that it ends up kind of like being expensive and it sinks the family or something. I'm not sure. That's a good second guess. You were right with you were basically right with the first guess. Oh, nice. Uh, the Golden Coffin is a death benefit package. It's awarded to the heirs of high-ranking executives who die while they're still employed. Um, benefits can include unearned salary, stock options, insurance proceeds, uh, severance packages. And, uh, yeah, basically when, when somebody, a high-ranking person in a company dies, then, yeah, it's, it's a death benefit package for the family. That is what a golden coffin is. It also, Investopedia also goes on to say that this sort of situation doesn't occur very often. It's not a, a particularly regular thing that happens all the time. And I could, pro- I could see why, because there probably aren't a lot of like super high-ranking executives in major, major companies that are like working straight up all the way until they're, you know, at death's door. I think a lot of these guys more or less retire um, before they're, you know, that old. Uh, but I bring it up. I thought it was interesting as a financial term. And then, of course, I remembered that in the case of George Floyd, we have the situation with Kanye West, who, by the way, is buying Parler. I don't know if you heard, or is buying a major stake in Parler. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I heard. It would be more interesting if he just went to Mastodon. <laughs> I agree. He would... Bring Mastodon a lot of legitimacy, I think. Yeah. Oh, well. But uh, aside from that, Kanye West, uh, when this whole thing was happening, uh, this is uh, from an article from June 4th of 2020, Kanye West donated $2 million to George Floyd's daughter. We are getting fact check. We should address this. Okay. Um, It is yay. Oh, yee. Yay. Yee. Yee. The artist formerly known as Kanye West. Yee. Yee. So Yee, at the height of this uh, Floyd mania, donated $2 million and paid for George Floyd's daughter's college tuition. Well, recently, very recently, a a couple of days ago, I think, uh, following the very controversial uh, Alex Jones trial where he was forced now to pay $1 billion restitution to the quote-unquote families of the victims of Sandy Hook. Uh, it turns out that George Floyd's daughter, who is very young, so it's the family. It's not They say her daughter, but the daughter couldn't be older than seven years old. Um, but allegedly, George Floyd's daughter announces a $250 million lawsuit against Yee. She should have gone for $965 million, but that's just she my two have. cents. So nice for Kanye to give her $2 million, and she goes, well, now that I've had a taste, I want the whole pie. <laughs> that was so much money! Oh! <laughs> so you could call that its own kind of golden coffin, couldn't you? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the, the way... Our uh, Babylonian money system works. Yes, he's at the top of the Babylonian pyramid. She's getting a death benefit package because he's a high-ranking executive of the Boule. Wow, man. Yeah, those are rookie numbers. (laughs) Quarter billion? That's nothing nowadays. 2022. Come on now. Yeah. Get your shit together. (laughs) 
If you ain't going for a straight bill, then why are you even getting out of bed in the morning? Why, why are you here? Go you home. Know, go home. Go smoke some weed. Yeah. Unless we're talking trace comas, it ain't happening. Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's my golden coffin analysis today. Wow. I so we don't often talk a, a ton of show production, uh, but when we generate these show notes every week, um, we try very hard not to. At least I do. Um, I try not to look at anything that lavish posts in here, and I was very happy and very surprised and uh, very pleased by this uh, unique conversation. I was not expecting to go the golden coffin route, but here we are. <laughs> well, that's what we're, we're trying to get behind the schemes. We've never brought up George Floyd. We've never bought, brought up Black Lives Matter, at least in a in a substantial way. We've never done a show on it, and this was just so bizarre and so odd that I could not help myself. And there's so much, there's so much going on with this. Um, and there's so much history too, that you can tie the golden coffin to the, uh, what an image. What I would recommend actually is people head over to, uh, um, Mo Facts with Adam Curry. And check I out... Was, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Episode 62 called Pink Elephant. And it is by far the most even-keeled and humane uh, explanation of everything that went down in Minneapolis in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. From George Floyd's death to the trial. I was debating on whether I wanted to pull MoFax clips, and I ultimately decided not to. But, yes, I agree. Episode 62, Pink Elephant. So many MoFax episodes are so good. That man's a gem. (laughs) Doing lots of great ones. If I'm not mistaken, I believe mm, Spencer brought clips of that episode to Misinformed Nation. <clears throat> one episode, uh, like, okay. like way early in the day. Um, so you personally kind of already sort of covered it, yeah. Oh, or you yeah. were there for someone covering it, and I thought uh, I thought Spencer had some really, um, I, I think he had some really. Uh, how do I phrase it? Because uh, he just he said it so eloquently that it would be a shame to <laughs> to blaspheme it. Um, <laughs> But it basically kind of slapped some sense into him and made him realize that at the end of this, George Floyd was another man just like any anyone here. You, me, friends, family, um, you know, yep. that's that's who George was. And yeah. uh he it it humanized him in a way that no one else did, is what Spencer kind of walked away with. And it m- made him realize that so many people were so dead set on dehumanizing him from either side. Yes. And, and use him or vilify him or antagonize him because he just came out of nowhere. He just came out of nowhere. One day this guy was nobody. And the next day he was the most famous man in the world. Mm-hmm. 
in a way. And yeah, through my research on this, it humanized him a lot for me too, especially finding that clip of him actually talking and, and all this. Cause at first you, you don't even know. I mean, with the shit that we deal with, you don't even know if the guy actually existed or not. You know what I mean? He could be like a, a made up person. It could be a, it could be a psyop. It could be anything, you know, at, in the beginning with the fog of war. And it's, it's, it's nice to be able to look at all of this a couple years away from it. And you're able to kind of, you know, now that the dust is settled, you know what I mean? Oh shit. That might, that's uh <laughs> episode two humanized. Wow. <laughs> episode two misinformed nation. <laughs> Oh, nice. It's called Humanized. <laughs> I'm guessing. Humanize everybody. I, and that is Mo's number one message. Bully Steed is right. I, yeah, that's got to be the one. Wow. Humanize everybody. He even humanized the FBI. I mean, the guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. <laughs> Not everybody should do that. <laughs> new, new, new. Gotta stay on your toes, people. Cool. Cool. Yeah, touch well, that was a very uh tentacly one. I like it. <laughs> it had a lot it had a lot of things to touch. Oh yeah. You know, we try to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time here. And these pictures too of this funeral service is fascinating. If you use this gold coffin, really, it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean somebody a thousand years from now is gonna find that and melt that down. Not that it's made head to toe in gold. I mean, I understand it's it's really gold plated, but still, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, I mean, it looks, you know, it's dope. Anybody would want to be buried in one of those. Uh, not alive. <laughs> yeah, preferably not alive. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer to be buried not alive. <laughs> How do you spell That's- preferably? Pref- uh, preferably P R close enough F E R A B. Okay, great. <laughs> you know what you just reminded me of is a story about George Washington. Ooh, you know how he died? He died from bloodletting. He had a fever. He ran a fever. He he went out for a horse ride in a cold winter's day and got really sick, and they bled the shit out of him, which was what he wanted. And the one of the last things he said before he died was, um, "Wait three days before you bury me." <laughs> yeah, I want I want to be a little ripe. I want to I want you to be absolutely sure that I'm dead. Absolutely sure. Three full days of me being dead before you bury me. Hmm. So I thought <laughs> that you reminded me of that. Well, nice. Glad I could uh, jog the old Jimmy. The old America archives for old Lavish here. Yeah. <laughs> old Lavish sure does love America, you know. <laughs> America, America. Um, <laughs> do you love some voicemails? Oh, I'd love a voicemail. Good, because I only got the one. Wow, my voice and this green smoke is really thick. Thick. But it dissipates. One more hit. 
No! Scream! <laughs> <laughs> oh Poor guy. God. He's getting high off of his James right now. Is this... I'm trying to find an ISO for collar, and I think I've ended up with a litany of Left for Dead ISOs. Tongue! Tongue! Okay, never mind. <laughs> Tongue! Boomer! Tongue! <laughs> Watch out, Boomer! There's a smoker around here. Oh, cool. <laughs> smoker around here. There you go. <laughs> That's right, smokers. Yeah. Smoker. I like that game. That was a good game. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much pretty much the only one I'll sit here and play on the computer. Oh man, we gotta eventually we gotta get either a D and D session or an online server one game that like four of us could agree on. You mean? <laughs> yeah, smoked him. Yeah, dude, smoker. <laughs> BTS L four D net. That's the one I was looking for. Servos in. Hell yes. Soup. Um, well, I, uh, yeah. Caller. Uh, call me what? <laughs> we got a caller here. Uh, Watch out, caller. Watch my ass. Well, uh, you should call during intermission here. Call 612-263-7999. Leave a scream out because we won't have any. For second, second half, unless you don't call. Oh, I'm sure somebody out there deep inside of them in their hearts and their minds has a call for us. If you'll call us at 612-263-7999, or you can even text us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We really would. Mm, You know how JCD pulls out the sad puppy meme, right? Yes, we all know. We do something a little similar. So, call us. We'll shoot this fucking dog if you don't call us. 612-263-7999. Damn straight. And uh, tonight's a pretty good intermission. It's pretty good. There's some weird shit. Some really uh, weird shit. A nice multifaceted intermission from Sir Pooberry. Yeah, you know, I like to change it up. Change it up. It's a sandwich between two instrumentals, if you can believe it. I like it. Yeah. The, I like it. I just, I love the name of the first band so much. I'm going to shout them out really quick. Um, This is, at the top of intermission, this is Girl Ghoul A Go-Go by the Armageddon Gospel Revival. Dang. It's <laughs> a lot of alliterations. Yeah, who doesn't I love like that? It. I love it. Love alliterations. We'll be right back after this quick intermission. Stick around for second, second half of the show. Come get some. Yeah.
it's comforting, isn't it, to realise we don't have nuclear weapons these days? Well, it depends who you mean by we. Uh, the British have got nuclear weapons and have recently indeed uh, decided to increase their uh, the number of warheads that, that they possess. Yep, yeah, but they're, they're blanks, aren't they? They're full of blanks. No, not at all. No, no, these are these are fully capable missile systems with nuclear warheads. Many other states have them. I'm afraid that nuclear war and the threat of nuclear destruction remains very much with us. Right, can we talk about something a bit more cheerful? Anything you like. Do you like ABBA? I love ABBA. Yeah. 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 What's your favourite ABBA song? Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen, yeah. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You didn't wake up in some fucking foreign country where they're whipping you and you're sucking some fucking old man's dick. But you're sitting there complaining about insurance and there's no work and there's no construction. Go fuck yourself. Get up. Grab your balls. What do you think God put you in this fucking planet for? What the fuck do you think he put you in the United States for? To be a fucking jerk off and to watch Kim Kardashian with fucking Kanye West on Vogue? Who gives a fuck about those two motherfuckers? They're getting somebody to peel blueberries and feed them to them. You got to go out there and get the fuck up and wash your balls and wash your fucking hair and grab your fucking heart. And you got to get out there. Fuck Kim Kardashian. Fuck Good Morning America. Fuck all this nonsense. <laughs> it's all about you today. You're a fucking American. Grab your gun, fucking load it with bullets, and get the fuck out there and take what belongs to you. The same way the fucking pilgrims did, motherfuckers. Have a great day. I love you. Stay black and stay fucking strong. You're the church. That means you're a savage, motherfuckers. I love you. Sharon attracted violent men. Strangely, she had a way of making the violence seem like it was their idea. Her friend Janice was cut from the same mold. They even liked the same perfume. Arthur, who had been following them closely, was similarly disposed. The three of them had two things in common. Violence and perfume. This one here smells great. Which one? Mmm, smells like Mother's crazy sister Kate. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I do. It smells so good. She couldn't have been that crazy. I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so, huh? No. Well, she put her poodle one time in a microwave oven to eat it. Yeah, to eat it. Oh, no. No, 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 silly. To dry it. No, no, no. But it exploded. And they were both found dead. She must have been out of her head.
know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't know the man personally, but I, I'll tell you this, that's a good example as to why your insanity doesn't belong in the courtroom. Because if Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't meet the, the requirements for insanity, then I, I tell the running the guy that does. Beyond that, I have no comment on Jeffrey Dahmer because I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. No, God, I hate, I hate that when they, they put me in the same club with him. Forcing me to record a 
threats of hate speech. We now return to Behind the Scenes. Starring Booberry, 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 Booberry. Welcome back to second second half of show for behind the schemes. It is indeed episode one twenty two, and it is still October twenty twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. That's right, October twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Things are getting a little chilly around here. I would imagine. Oh yeah, it's it's cold out there again. Yep, it's that time of year again. Yep. Uh, well, have you seen the new Dahmer? Uh, show by the way uh we started watching it um <laughs> i think my favorite thing about it so far is that it was listed as a uh, i think netflix originally released it as lgbtqia plus yeah. stories <laughs> truly it's like ooh, <laughs> messaging well, a little off here <laughs> i mean if you watch the show it, it's all about that stuff like it's it's so much about his struggle with finding his sexuality and and with you know <laughs> him being a, a reject of society because of it growing up in a conservative household and it's so much a part of it that it's kind of hard not to call it an lgbtq themed show i mean it's it obviously casts in a bad light you know it's a serial killer and all that but the way that they try to humanize him so far, what I've seen, I've watched maybe half half of the season so far. I've watched like three or four episodes, and um, that's all it is. It's just sexuality stuff. <laughs> it's about to get a little messy. Oh, the goats! <laughs> oh, I, uh, the great sacrifice of the goats! Holy shit! I was not uh, <laughs> I was not prepared to line that up. Man, these goats just don't know what's coming. Just they're hanging around doing their own thing, then bam, dead. Yeah, God. <laughs> Slit jugular. Thanks for playing. That was six 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 six. Uh, sorry, sixty six sixty six sats from Pfeiffer. The Reverend Doctor Pfeiffer says, "Black Philip, Black <laughs> Philip, King of the Sky and Land. Black Philip, Black Philip, King of Sea and Sand." We are ye servants. We are ye men. Black <laughs> Phillip eats the lions from the lion's den. Juicy. <laughs> and now Pfeiffer has decided that more goats must pay the price. Try getting a reservation at Juicy. Door, you fucking stupid Oh, God. Bathe me in your globin'. Juicy. Oh, goodness gracious, what a mess. <laughs> and now some pizza is getting in on the action. <laughs> These goats are going down, baby. Uh, Juicy. Oh, yeah. Juicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thinning out the herd. One, oh, God, that one got in my eye. Oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, in my mouth and my ears. Murder, 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 murder. More goats, more death, more goats, more death. Burn it down, shoot them, Juicy. murder them. These goats will remember this day in infamy. Juicy. Black Goat Monday. That was Pitar with several goat slaughters along with Fiverr's goat slaughters. Pitar says, sorry, got some chaos bullshit going on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Oh, you like Huey Lewis on the news? Speaking of American Psycho. Cocaine! Juicy. Cocaine! <laughs> this one almost got away. You are about <laughs> to die. <laughs> Juicy. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of dead goat around here. Uh, I gotta, let me pull out the ca- uh, tabulator. I'm gonna do some math here. Oh my goodness. He's gonna do some math. Oh, all right. Let's line them up. Whew. Can you hold this one up here for a sec? I can't. Yep, got it this looks, one. It looks like there's a couple. Okay. All right, I see. Yeah. It. Okay. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen goats. Eighteen goats. Oh my god. Oh, the smell. It was a goddamn bloodbath. You should be very proud of yourselves. It was a massacre. It was a massacre. <laughs> a day not soon forgotten. And now the goat that's at the front of the line currently just has this look in its eyes like, oh, God. <laughs> When's it coming? Could come in any second. <laughs> yeah. Give me that blade you just slaughtered the goat with. 18 goats. I think that's a new record. It kind of took my breath away there for a second. <laughs> I yeah, I why. couldn't breathe through all of the the blood splaying through the air. It was it got humid in here. Yeah, just goes to show you that there's a lot of pressure built up in that aorta artery, man. Yeah, that's right. Gallons upon gallons. Was he potentially a- eighteen <laughs> gallons of blood just right there? Was he a gusher or what? <laughs> He's a real gusher. Oh. oh. Pizza wanted to get one more in. Nineteen. Uh-huh. Nineteen. Uh-huh. I took cocaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those goats. They gone. They gone. They gone. They gone. <laughs> These goats didn't know it hit him. <laughs> uh. Was that a goat <laughs> noise? Yes. Oh, that last goat, it had that look in its eyes, and it knew. It knew Pitar was coming. Yeah, Pfeiffer pointed out uh, <laughs> Pitar found that one hanging out in the corner. <laughs> yep. Juicy. Yeah. Little corner goat. Oh, my Let goodness. Let that be a reminder to everyone that no goat is safe here and behind the schemes. No, no goat indeed. Uh, tell your goat not to look my way. <laughs> tell your goats not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. <laughs> if you know Herder Herder <laughs> Herder <laughs> Tell you go not look my way yeah. Can you keep them in the pan tonight? <laughs> Can you slaughter him Herder Whoa Herder uh. And if you want to slaughter goats with me I can tell you how to scream you gotta get that blade to me and let me slice it harder. God bless Danzig. I'm sorry, Danzig bless Danzig. Yes, the goats are now dancing in the dark. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, this is why we got the, the goats in bulk. 
bulk goats. More bulk. goats. We need to order a few more. We have a few more left in line. They're not, they're pretty shaken up, but there's a, there's a few left. Yeah, I'll have to hop on the internet and do some research. Um, I'm thinking that there's maybe a way that uh, these are probably cloned goats, and we could we could figure out how to clone some more. Okay, yeah. that'll be our next big purchase. We'll get a cloning device. Yeah, because uh, I mean, there's a good chance that we we might have because there was no like official um, like proof of purchase or proof of sale. Uh, or, no, these goats fell off a truck. Yeah, so I, you know they they realistically could come from anywhere. Yes. Yeah. So if any producer wants to send us a goat, yeah, we uh, <laughs> not necessarily ethically sourced. No, unethically sourced. <laughs> Questionably sourced. <laughs> sourced? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we got oh, a, we got there's a, blood everywhere. Yeah, we're gonna need a mop. I am hoarding goats. We need these goats to to pay the. We need them. Trust me. Trust me. We <laughs> look around us here. There's 19 dead goats here in this room. <laughs> you don't think we need fucking goats? Oh, we could probably like I don't know build like a pyramid at this point out of them. I like where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is definitely the way. Oh my goodness, we got a fat stack of freaks that we got to get to and thank Freaks of Hazards are the people that uh like to step up and help produce this show and they can fine tune it to the ways that they see fit. And we like to take a, a a moment to thank each and every one of them. Yes, indeed. Value value the beauty of value value for value, excuse me, is that uh we don't have ads, we don't have reads, you know, we just have wonderful people who produce the show, listen to the show, and provide financial value in return for the value that we give them. That's how mm. it works. Mm-hmm. And coming in first was Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra. And they sent, they sent in the September shirt sales uh, from the Threadless store, BehindTheSchemes.shop. Beautiful. Thank you, Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra. Yeah, they had up some fantastic designs. I actually just bought the Misfits one. I uh did i post a picture wearing it i can't remember i'll have to I just got one too i'm trying to remember which one i got i think it was the uh the back to the future shirt. oh nice yep that was the one i got uh and that paypal that they sent was 52 dollars 80 very very legal thank you very satiny yeah it's very satiny it's so soft uh, yes. We'll uh, we'll touch on that here in a second. We got some uh, big big plans. I just uh there's a few more things I need to collect and then we'll be uh oh my god, we'll be doing some crazy shit. Uh speaking yes. of speaking of crazy uh, crazy shit, we have Sir Crossstitch uh coming in with his monthly donation of $5.33. Thank you Sir Crossstitch. Yeah, those uh those monthly donations are what help us uh, procure things like spook.social. And that's all. That's right. It's all funded out of the PayPal, uh, out of monthly donations. Mm-hmm. Yes, every every dime that we get, we put right back into the show and the show uh, affiliated projects. 
And there was another monthly donation as well from Tunsa with the month, uh, with his magic number $3.33. Thank you, Junta. Hope you're well. Hope the family is well. Mousy Bear. Yeah, Carmen to Mousy Bear. Always. Give her our best. Yes, indeed. Uh, also, we had Baron Giant come in. He wants to embrace us with a little satin with his very satiny donation of $6.66. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Baron Giant. Yeah, that's, uh, as we like to say on this show, oh, God, stop it. Stop it. That is very satiny. Yes, as we like to say on this show, oh, stop it, stop it. <laughs> oh, stop you. Oh, stop it. Thank no. you, Baron Giant. <laughs> Came uh, in last week, too, and I believe the week before that. So thank you so much. He's on a roll. Rolling. Uh, getting, freak, getting freaky. My Kitty Tarleton, who is my sister, has donated to me a cricket cutter. Whoa. And for those of you who may not be aware, a cricket cutter is like a Etsy-minded do-it-yourself at-home CNC machine for cutting uh, small materials. Uh, you know, you can do some fabric, I think, on there, but it's mostly used for like stickers and cutting vinyl appliques and things of that nature. Sweet. So I'm going to use that to start cutting up some stickers. Which has been a dream in the making for a while now. Mm-hmm. I just got to find the paper now and the laminate. Mm. Finally. Well, we'll get that going and, and we'll get, yeah, stickers. We were, we were born to make stickers. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt at all. Um, we also had, uh, Nam coming through. Oh, God, that noise. Oh, God, that noise. Um, that was the boost. I know. It was, I was taking a picture so I could, uh, drop it in the chat. But, uh, uh, Nam actually sent over a revised version of his, uh, Streamwatch Python script. And now it'll show you the, uh, price of Bitcoin and Satoshi's to dollar. That's very cool. So now you can watch Bitcoin tank in real time, like the rest of us. And cheer the entire way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I'm going to whip this little bitch in the face if she makes a peep. <laughs> that little bitch being Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitchcoin. <laughs> Bitchcoin. Don't make a peep, bitch. God. You can't say that. I can, and I will. Oh. Well, I'll fucking do it again. Against the wall. All right, spread them. Spread them. Uh, so spread them wide. Thank you, Nam. This this stream watch thing gets crazier and crazier. I tell you what, man. That Nam. That Nam. Yeah, it's currently 44 degrees. It's a waning crescent moon. Uh, the time mm. is 2350. <laughs> Ooh, I should see what the next full moon is. No doubt. Uh, next person that we had come in was, uh, oh, <laughs> God, I tell you what, Servo, he knows a good motherfucking ISO when he hears one. And he sent me in, he sent in a couple to me from, uh, the Game Grumps, and this is what they had to say. I never got a friendly vibe from the Mothman. <laughs> what that Mothmouth Juicy. do? And then, what? Okay, you never <laughs> been kissed by a moth before? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be? Yeah, want to change that? 
<laughs> if any of you want to get sucked, fucked, smoke some crack, that's okay by me. <laughs> buy uh, the moth. Buy, buy the moth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who else do we have? Ah, yes. We've got uh, the the Huntar. Yes, Hunter Jackson, who was a guest on this very show, uh, stand up for the sick shit. We uh, reached out to him and asked him about doing a commission up for us. And, and just so anybody who doesn't know or remember, Hunter Jackson is uh, one of the cr- major creative forces behind the band Guar and is the character of Techno Destructo. Yes. Um and he's a comic book artist. He's been drawing since, uh, well, since he was a kid for the most part. And he's one of my all time favorite artists, hands down, whether it be the live action or the, the actual print side. It's, uh, I, it just, it brings me so much joy to see behind the schemes official art done up by none other than Hunter Jackson, aka Techno Destructo. This is such a wild and surreal thing. It's a cream come true. Yes. Yes. Well, lots of cream. Lots of coom. And it's a really very cool image. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely done by the right guy. It's very, very cool. It's it's a killer clown and the moth springing out of uh, a third eye of Lady Justice. It's gorgeous. Yep. Yep. Who is blinded? It's so good. Yeah. So, so fucking hot. And Hunter Jackson even gave us a little shout out and said that like, I don't know. He he said we did a good job on giving him reference material and Oh yeah. <laughs> he seemed he seemed very pleased with like the process. I I imagine I got the sense that people ask him for stuff and don't give him as much <laughs> reference material as we did. Yeah, I guess I never really posted the uh uh the mock up that we sent to him, did I? Did we? I uh, guess not. It's, if you want to do that, we can do that. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll dig it up. It's it's here somewhere. Um, maybe we'll throw that on next week's show notes. Yeah, I'll just drop it in the chat or something. Yep, there him too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very cool, very legal. Please go check out the show notes. And see it for yourself. It's, uh, this is going to be screen printed by none other than yours truly. I will do all of the steps required. I will build the screens. I will mesh the screens. I will expose the screens using the photo emulsion. I will print out the fucking images on acetate. I will develop it. Uh, I will do everything. I will print it. I want to do like a white on black, a black on white, a 3D maybe if it's not too busy or maybe like a 3D eye or something. I'm not sure, but I also mm-hmm. want to do a motherfucking glow in the dark shirt. Mm-hmm. This would be perfect with a, a, a reverse, a negative of this and black and white. Be so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. I got the uh, image there. It's coming to you shortly in the chat. So, um, Booberry, what you're saying is, is that you are behind the screens <laughs> yes <laughs> god actually i got a break bell iso somewhere anyways um 
Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm so excited about this. It's gonna be good. Can't wait. Um, yeah, it's sick. Yeah. So sick. Broken bell. Ring a ding ding. Ring a ding ling a ding. And you can see it by the way if you go to zososcorner.substack.com. That's our show notes page where all of our show notes, everything that's referenced, all these images, memes, the tarot card. The show art, which looks fantastic this week. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is all available at zosuscorner.substack.com, this being episode 122. 122. Yeah, the show art ended up a little different this week because I flew to North Carolina without my hard drive, and I had stayed up for over 24 hours, and I was at the airport, and I wanted to get some work done because I wasn't ready to go to sleep yet. And uh went to go make the short like I always do and got to the step where it came to mix down. I was like, oh, wait, I need to do the cover art. Went to go open the file. File saved on the motherfucking hard drive. So yep. I was like, well, I can wait a couple hours and get Lightbright to email me the copy or I can try and whip up something now. Just make a whole new fucking format right now. <laughs> I'll do it right now. Watch me, bitch. Watch me. I'll do it fucking again, <laughs> bitch. Fuck you. Uh, but it's actually based off a of Fangoria magazine, um, one that features the movie Zombie. Um, yeah, yes. you know, I tried, I tried to, <clears throat> you know, pay homage, homage, homage. Yeah, um, it looks, it looks good. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah, zososcorner.substack.com. Check it out. Yes. Um let's uh Oh no. Oh no. Oh no no no. We don't have any scream mails. Well, I'm sure we may in the future if someone would just call six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Let us know what's on your mind. Uh there is before we move into the second second half for real. I definitely want to shout out to anybody that's in California and would like to go see Techno Destructo wrestle. You can go check out Lucha Vavoom, which is going to be October 27th and 28th at the Mayan Theater, uh, 1038 South Hill Street, downtown LA, I think. Let me check this out. Mayan Theater. www.lucha, L-U-C-H-A, Vavoom, V-A-V-O-O-M, dot com. Oh, damn. It is in the heart of downtown L.A. And it's going to be wrestling. It's going to be luchador wrestling. It's going to be burlesque. I mean, fuck. What's not to love? That's going to be a hot L.A. ticket. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, you might want to consider checking that out. Yeah, and uh, if you do go, um, by all means, uh, be sure to shout loud and proud for techno. And uh, wear a BTS shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, very cool. Very legal. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into some... Let's get into some gnarly shit. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, So there was a story that came to my attention uh, via none other than That Larry Show, Larry Blindner, episode 382, Uh, Happy Meals and Headless Goats. I'm sorry, could you repeat that one more time? I interrupted you. It was an episode, this story came to my attention via... Episode 382 of That Larry Show, 
Happy Meals, and Headless Goats. Indeed. I bet you know which way this is going. Oh, I think I do. So McDonald's, right? We got this pink slime. I'm kidding. (laughs) Pink slime. I was just talking about this the other day. We're going to explore some action that's going down in the Chattahoochee River in Georgia. It's just outside of Atlanta. Now, before I say anything on this matter, I plead with you to go check out this episode of the Glitch Bottle podcast that I have included in the show notes. Okay? It's got uh, Ed Calderon from Ed's Manifesto, uh, which is a phenomenal website and resource for sort of, um, I don't know, like permissionless tactics, to say the very least. Uh, non, okay. Non-permissive uh, in, uh, intelligence, like uh, all sorts of ways that you can get out of handcuffs and... <laughs> In this, he was talking about, like, fashioning a knife out of a plastic uh, fork and styrofoam, (laughs) all sorts of crazy shit. Certain survival things that everybody should know. Well, it's survival tips from the streets of Tijuana. Sure, sure. Real survival tips. In this episode, I did not get to finish it, and it would not have felt appropriate to clip this because it is so good, and this guy is so knowledgeable and even keeled about his approach that if you like any of the things that we end up talking about here, please go listen to this. It is so worth it. So, so worth it. Uh, so this, uh, this story from that Larry show, uh, you already kind of got the idea. Headless goats. What, what could be going down with headless goats in this river? Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and head on down to the river. Someone is dumping headless goats into the Chattahoochee River. Channel Two's Dave Huddleston reports from Cobb County. It could be part of a religious ceremony or something else. We're talking hundreds of decapitated goats in the last couple of years. Not only is it dangerous for the river that many of us use for recreation, it's also the main source of drinking water for many in Metro Atlanta. Yeah, it'd be about a 20-minute ride up. Okay. We cruised up the Chattahoochee River with Jason Olsen, the Chattahoochee Riverkeeper, whose job is protecting and restoring the river basin. We're near the Interstate 20 Bridge when... This one's been in here for a while. We find a headless goat in the river. This one's pretty bloated. And then another. Oh, there's there's right two there. right there. And another. There's a third one. Lately, it's becoming a lot more frequent. And on Friday, we were out here, actually saw about 30 of them 30. floating down the river. A witness recorded this cell phone video of goats being tossed into the river from the bridge. You can see the splash as the goat hits the water. He actually hears bodies splashing down, not only in the middle of the night, but he told me today that he actually hears them in the middle of the day. But a lot of questions remain unanswered. Because these goats have to be coming from somewhere, but we have not been able to determine who's buying the goats, who's providing the goats, or how they're actually making their way here in the river. 30 goats, that's, uh, well, I mean, you look at this pile, now double that, right? I mean, we've 18, yeah, we've already got 18 goats. 19. 19, I'm sorry. 19. 19. This Uh, is a very fact-positive show, okay? Of course, of course. (laughs) Thank you for checking my fact. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you check my fact anytime, baby. What that moth mouth do? Yeah. Uh, that's what it does. Uh, so somebody's going around dumping 30, het, het, 30 goats. Rookie numbers, first of all, says Servo, and he's right. But still, that's a lot of goats. And I know that Pitar and Pfeiffer are shaking in their boots right now. Yeah, sweating. <laughs> sweating intensifies. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. Heavy breathing intensifies. Who would do that? Uh, well, man, this is, uh, it's up for debate. Uh, it's very, well, as we'll see, the media, as they do, they tend to paint these pictures, uh, whether they be based in reality or not. We'll, I guess we'll kind of come to some sort of conclusion as we listen to all these clips. Um, continuing out of the same video, uh, we'll be, we'll be right back to Chattahoochee, but this is not an uncommon experience, uh, finding carcasses of animals, uh, sometimes goats, sometimes chickens, uh, sometimes missing various body parts, sometimes just drained of blood all sorts of crazy shit happens. But, uh, let's hear a little bit of, um, some similar instances that happened in Florida. There's some more bones. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they'll even do goats. I in mean, 2019, we traveled to Miami for a story about people leaving dead chickens, goat heads, and coconuts near railroad tracks in metro Atlanta. Turns out it was part of a religious ceremony for the followers of Santeria, a religion that mixes West African culture with Cuban Catholicism. We talked to a Shango priest to explain the significance of the goats. We use a e-goat as also a victory then we use she-goat like for the baby for for the for for also for the blessing too that is significant of all these animal that we use we reached out to three law enforcement agencies to see if they are investigating the headless goats georgia state patrol and fulton county police told us they didn't have any reports we're still waiting for the results of an open records request from cobb county police Jason Olseth is concerned that the number of headless goats being dumped into the river at the same time is growing. I would say over the past couple of years, I've seen several hundred, but never, you know, more than 20 or 30 at one given time like we started seeing here lately. He says it's dangerous, not just for people who fish or play on the Chattahoochee, but just about everyone in Metro Atlanta. This is drinking water for 5 million people, and we all have to do our part to take care of it. Yeah, you don't want to poison that. <laughs> poison the goat well. Yeah, no good. <laughs> um, Have some consideration for the drinking water, people. Now, the uh, this article was pretty interesting. It, it gets into a little more detail about uh, one of the river keepers uh, experiencing finding these ghosts for the first time. A keeper and, of the river? Well, it, you know, it's like a river tender. Uh, someone like who it. works for the watershed. I like uh, Having that on my business card, I'm I'm the river tender. <laughs> river tender. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do? I tend the river. The uh, so the, this gentleman, he's seen over a hundred. The most in one trip was thirty. Uh, there was a homeless man named Hot Dog who actually filmed a goat body being dumped off the river, like it just went straight over and plop into the mm. water. Nice. Thank you for your courage, Hot Dog. The, uh, some, for this particular instance, uh, this article in this news clip that we just listened to, they ref- 
prefer they they are taking it more in the direction of uh Santeria. But as I was looking around more and more and more, I was kind of gravitating towards a different offshoot, which we'll touch on here in a second. Um now I don't know too terribly much about Santeria. I believe it's kind of You don't the, practice Santeria, you don't have no crystal ball. <laughs> But so it's an amalgamation of Roman Catholicism and uh, hoodoo. Hoodoo, yeah, okay. Um, or uh, yeah, an African sort of based religion that's in the Caribbean. Well, this particular article and, and other uh, sources and various different uh, happenings that were similar to this, um, they always kind of take it in the route of it's a it's a drug runners essentially practicing Santeria to give them this quote-unquote protection as Mm -hmm. they run their business, right? Yep. Now, one of the interesting things that Ed brings up in that podcast that we were just talking about, he says that it's kind of a misconception to say that, you know, these dudes are practicing these rituals, whether it be the cartel members, whether it be the police force, whether it be the the actual public rich or poor it, it's a huge huge religion it's 10 mm-hmm. to 15 million people uh santa morta that is um mm. but uh santa morta and, and santeria they just they seem so intertwined at times uh it's a very it's a very thick ball and the fact that it all kind of is tied into the the roman catholic church it yeah. probably gives it a lot of uh, spread. It's kind of like the veil. The, the The Roman Catholic Church is the veil for this religion, um, but there's some occultism on the underside, which is cool. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's very interesting. It's it's not an old religion by any means. Uh, Santa Morta specifically was really like started kind of. I mean, just like taking its first breaths in the 70s and 80s, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't start to actually gain any traction until the 2000s. So it's it's like new, new. It's still figuring out its foothold. As an official organization, but uh, all of the practices are probably old world, <laughs> like like goat sacrifices. It's, that's cl- as classic as paganism gets, you know? Mm-hmm. The ancient Greeks were doing that. But what I was going to say about the, uh, what Ed was talking about, the, you know, these cartel members, the police, the army, the civilians, they're not practicing in the sense of they're trying to get protection. It's more so practicing, uh, it's, 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 it's putting the intent out there that their actions will have, will have mattered. Have consequences, yeah, or something. That there is something like, regardless if I come out of this living or dead, that my actions here will have permanent uh, repercussions that fold into this greater story at hold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which I is I think is really neat. Uh, I think it's um, it's it's (laughs) funny enough. uh, Santa Morta is very unifying because in the end, uh, there's only one place that we're all going. Um, uh, a golden coffin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. The big golden coffin. Um, 
So yeah, this uh, what I have brought today is uh, the story of these headless goats in the Chattahoochee River and uh, potential ties to a, a little bit of Santeria, but more so focused on Santa Morta, uh, which is the I, I could find more instances of similar stories in Santa Morta. Now, um, there was a quote from uh, the mystery of the headless goats in the Chattahoochee, and, and uh, this was a researcher on. Uh, like folk religions, he said, drug dealers who are not part of the religion but are making it up as they go along based on what they read on the web um, is like not knowing anything about Catholicism and bathing in holy water because you, it's uh, because you think it's going to help you. So what I'm surmising is that at the root of all of this, you have people intertwining Catholicism, uh, old sort of South American deities and chaos magic where you're just mix ma- uh, mixing and matching Frankensteining your belief system together for whatever mm-hmm. works for you, which is picking certain things here, certain things there. Yeah. You know, if it moves, it grooves, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The greatest hits. Yeah. Um, the Chattahoochee river. I mean, there's a, there's people that die in it. Uh, that I've found a couple of different instances, uh, two fatalities, uh, in 2008, 2009. But I mean, you got 3.2 million visitors per year. So it's not really a ton of people, but it does happen. The river swells, people get swept away. Um, and I'm sure that people get dumped in the river too. There's probably oh, yeah. There are reports of, you know, Disposing bodies and things like that. That's typical river shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting, interestingly enough, this is uh, more just a, a synchronicity. Uh, when I was home, I was talking to Dad. We were discussing the location where my great-grandmother is buried, and uh, or great-great-grandmother. And it was in a town called Baileysville, West Virginia. And Baileysville was bought out essentially by the U S army Corps of engineers because there was concerns that this dam a couple miles away was going to inevitably rupture and flood the whole Valley and everybody had to leave. And, um, so the army Corps of engineers came in and were like, we need to be able to trench this out. Yep. So we're taking this now. Yep. (laughs) Allegedly they paid the civilians out, but, who oh, knows? that's nice. Who knows? Um, that's, that's not too bad. Well, so this area is going to flood. What did they t- turn around and do? They built a fucking school <laughs> where the town used to be. And uh, Spaz was showing me Google um, aerial footage, or excuse me, Google Maps of today, and then aerial footage from back in the 70s, and the whole town is just gone. It is nothing but West Virginian wilderness. Mm, spooky. And so what's interesting is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers did the same thing in part uh, on the Chattahoochee River. They formed Lake Lanier by doing the same shit and buying out these valleys and forcing people to move out so that they could form this lake, which in turn they used to provide Atlanta with hydropower. Hmm. Very interesting. Synchronistic. Uh, the old core engineers, they do like to land grab, don't they? <laughs> Most indeed. They build uh, dams and whatnot. So this uh, this story of the goats washing up, it's not just, uh, it's not 
<laughs> it's new and old. Uh, it happened in 20, 2021, and it happened four years ago. An environmental agency says nearly a dozen decapitated goats have been found in the Chattahoochee River, which supplies 70% of Metro Atlanta's drinking water, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Riverkeeper Jason Olseth says he found the dead goats while patrolling the area in an effort to stop sources of pollution. He's urging people to not dump waste in the river. And guess what? It happened three years ago, too. Another decapitated goat was just found in the Chattahoochee River. A riverkeeper found this goat downstream of the I-20 bridge in Fulton County. This is the same area where 15 to 20 headless goats were found last October. We have asked what's going on here, have not gotten a response yet. About 70% of Metro Atlanta's drinking water comes from the Chattahoochee River. And it's not just on the river where these goats are showing up. Uh, there's a little town called Athens, Georgia. It's a college town. And um, they'll just dump the goats in bags on your fucking backyard. Well, this story right here, it made me say, what? Some new details about a horrifying incident in Athens. We want to warn you, the details are graphic. Athens authorities investigating after more than 20 bags of dead animals are found. We're told some of them were even decapitated. Police say the bags were found this week in a wooded area near an apartment complex near Cedar Shoals Drive. According to a police report, a person was walking their dog when they noticed a black bag with an animal leg sticking out of it. The report says officers found chickens, pigeons, and goats inside the bags. Investigators believe they were dumped sometime between the fall of last year and early spring of this year. And in the, uh, let's see, I'm going to make sure I didn't get out of order here because it just does not stop, man. (laughs) There's so many goats. So many goats, so little time, only one river. They They are putting us to shame right now. Well, they've had years and years, you know. We've only had a year or two at it, so we're catching up. Okay. But these hoodoo fellows, they, they like to sacrifice their uh, their livestock, don't they? Uh, well, so in Atlanta, uh, again, more bags, more backyards. This one gets funny because uh, the city's got pretty strict requirements for when they'll come dispose of uh, dead animals. Dealing with the discovery of decapitated goats found in one's backyard, and they're having a hard time getting the goats out of there. Channel 2's Matt Johnson, live in southwest Atlanta. Matt, they've been in the neighborhood for nearly a week, these carcasses. A week. I reached out to a local humanitarian today who was upset about how the goats died, but also that someone had illegally dumped them in this backyard here. So she came out herself and bagged the goats and put them on the curb due to a city policy that says staff can't remove dead animals from private property. There's something really evil here. Grace Hamlin was so disturbed by the discovery of decapitated goats in a southwest Atlanta backyard, she no couldn't shit. wait any longer for city crews to remove the carcasses. It's very frustrating because, you know, people don't know how bad it is. A construction crew found what's left of the three goats Thursday morning while on the job at this house on Elixir Avenue. Police say someone killed the goats somewhere else as part of a religious ritual, then dumped them in the backyard. It didn't seem right, you know, three dead goats with their heads cut off. Responding officers told the contractors they couldn't remove the goats because it was on private property. Six days later, Hamlin bagged them herself and left them on a curb, then called 311. It's uh, three goats. Three goats? Yes, ma'am. 
we have to put it on the side of the street so in order for them to get picked up at all. The city vowed to pick up the goats within 24 hours. Hamlin says if she can't stop the rituals from happening, she hopes to work with Atlanta police to find out who's doing this so they can stop the illegal dumping. What is causing these poor animals to get beheaded and dumped in a, in a sacrificial way? Now, police tell me that this happens, quote, time to time in Atlanta. The ritualistic killings may not be a prosecutable offense, but Hamlin hopes that this is something that they can keep an eye on for illegal dumping. Police say that if the people are caught, they'd be charged at minimum with illegal dumping. Live in Southwest Atlanta, yeah. Matt Johnson, Channel 2 Action News. Yeah. At least. At least. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> you, you guys dumped these goats on someone's private property. You get charged with trespassing. Yeah. Eye contact hand. All right, now. You go straight home and you think about what you've done. Yep. And uh, sometimes, man, like, they'll just come in and uh, come into your uh, your space and kill your own goats. Mike Brown and his family are horrified by what happened, not only because the goats died in such a graphic manner. I should state that this is in Jackson County. This particular story takes place, which is the Missouri. Uh, no, 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 no. Jackson County. Jackson County. Yeah, which is uh to the like northwest of Athens, which is near uh, Atlanta. So this is all within a couple it's of all counties. The Atlanta, general Atlanta area. Yeah. But also because a month later, they still have no idea who or what did this. This is the barn right behind me. Mike and his father, they take turns coming here, checking on the goats and feeding them. But on Sunday after church, December 3rd, when Mike came here to the barn to feed the goats, something was off. Well, I opened the barn door that day. I came in. It was cold like this. And the goat, since I opened the door, there was a goat laying here dead. And she was already still. So I knew she'd been here a while. I inspected her, and she had a hole in the side of her jaw. And nice. I checked her, and there were no other nice. wounds, just one single hole in her jaw. At this point, nice. what were you thinking? I have no idea. An animal would have probably tore the goat up. Why was she just laying here? Then I got to looking around, and I'm missing another goat. that weighed about 50 pounds. He just disappeared. There's no gates open, no place in the fence torn. He's just gone. And that was the interesting thing. So the first time when you walked in and saw that goat, that was the first incident. And then several days later on that Thursday, another thing happened. Yes, ma'am. I was at work, and uh, that was on Sunday morning after church. And we, well, it was Sunday evening when I found them. They got killed probably Sunday morning by the time of death we determined. Oh, and when my daughter got home from school on that Thursday, the show goats were in a <laughs> lot right 30 yards from the back of my house. And she called and sent a message that both goats were dead. But what about the sent chills down your spine? Not knowing what killed them. There's so many different things. The one goat had a single wound. Other goat was totally missing. Both of these goats, one had a single, both of them had a wound under their ear. And another one had a wound here, but she had also been ripped open. So they're all, it didn't all add up together. Well, it's just hard not knowing what happened. You don't know how to protect the animals you have left. You know, Faith, we posted this story online. A lot of people immediately asked if this could be some sort of satanic worship going on here. Yeah, a lot of comments were from people wondering if the goats may have been killed as some type of offering to Satan. So I asked Mike about that, the owner of the goats, and here's what he says. It's an odd sacrifice if it is. Uh, I don't know anybody around here that would have. There's no reason for a sacrifice of a goat because Jesus said he finished one sacrifice and it was finished. I'm not sure about a satanic worship. 
Now, I do have a quick little blurb about the goat or using goats as sacri- uh, sacrificial animals. Mm-hmm. And the goat can stand in is the same relation to the peace offer sing- peace offer sing- peace offering. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's that a- servo and pizza are coming in with the uh, goat slashes, by the way. Yeah, I need to give me a sip of that. What my whistle a little bit. Yeah, get a little <laughs> sip of this goat blood here. Let me get some of this. Mm. Let me get my cup. <sighs> Delicious. Mm. Very irony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So the 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 goat or hemoglobin. Stand, the uh, great hemoglobin's of fire. <laughs> We're hemoglobin. Uh, it can stand in in the same relation to the peace offering. Offering. Oh my God! From the herd, as did the turtle dove Juicy. and the pigeon, to the bullock of the whole burnt sacrifice. The poorer sort might bring the goat. When he could not bring the blood of bull, uh, bulls, he brought the blood of goats, and thus stilt they were prevented from attaching importance to the mere type. And they go on to reference the story that uh, there's this goat in a herd of sheep, and they're near this uh, lion's den, and the lion comes out and grabs this goat. Uh, but because the lion's hunger was satiated with that goat, the rest of the flock of sheep was protected. Which is then kind of this allegory that uh, rolls right into Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus came here and, and and did you know got nailed up and all that, and was the scapegoat was the Lamb of God. Yep, yep, yep. And then there's the scapegoat. For anyone who isn't aware, is a goat that was sent into the wilderness in Leviticus, which is long for lavish, and uh, in Leviticus in the Old Testament the. Uh, the a Jewish chief priest would symbolically lay the sins of all of the people upon the goat, and then they would send the goat out into the desert. Yeah, <laughs> your beast of burden. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and if a you, certain spiritual burden. If you want 37 additional Bible verses about sacrificing goats, I got you covered there, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Killing goats is, is the oldest trick in the book. My friends, you can say it's Satan worship, but God, it applies to just about every single religion of antiquity. Man, in numbers, let's see, uh, it's the same verse. One male goat for a sin offering, and it repeats uh, number 716, number 722, number 728, number 734, 740, 746, 752, 758. They love killing goats. Yeah. Damn. It's a one-stop shop all for all of your sin washing. Yeah. Easy peasy. Well, we should hit those. Uh, that last goat, Sea <laughs> doves took care of. A... <laughs> he said, must kill goats, and goats did he kill. Sea <laughs> <laughs> doves wants in on some of this goat slaughtering action. Mm, no doubt. And who wouldn't? Mm. You can just boost us 66, 66 cents. Through a new podcast app, and you can kill your own goat. And man, this is a this is kind of a coast to coast deal. Uh, this is going on in the bereft coast too. Not far from the basketball courts where neighborhood kids play ball almost nightly, these paper bags were found by a neighbor. Each bag had dead chickens in it with their heads cut off. Someone did this on purpose. We don't know if it was cruel or not. And then the packages are left there 
for other people to find. That was January. Shortly after, it got worse, says Animal Control. And then a, a dead tortoise in a bag. And then there was a goat in a cardboard box. And then most recently this week, it appears to be a, a baby lamb or sheep, I can't really tell, that was beheaded with the head left on top of the body. Gina Nepp with Animal Control says this case is one of the strangest cases she has seen. This is wrong on so many levels, and it's disturbing. Animals are being dumped in a popular park that sees dozens, if not hundreds, of people on a busy weekend. People who use the park are stunned at the news. And a bag of chickens with their heads cut off. Well, I have, I know about all that. Especially in this type of neighborhood, like, you want to catch it, like, sheep. Cut the head cut off? Like, who's doing that? Animal Control wants people to be aware and report any suspicious behavior at Juicy. Rikers Park. Some people think the animals might be being used in religious ceremonies. Animal Control is looking into that possibility as well. It could very well be religious, but it's not an excuse and it's not appropriate and it's not legal. I'm going to speak to the manager. Uh, you can't uh, <laughs> kill goats here, sir. This is a goat-friendly uh, environment. Yeah, read the sign. We include goats, sir. Juicy. <laughs> oh my goodness, Pitar. Man, people, yeah, Pitar and and uh, yeah, Pitar and yeah. Servo, but Pitar too. He just got another one, two, three, four, five goats, all for sixty-six, sixty-six. Ugh, He's so a, sexy. Oh man, it's just so rock and roll, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, people the 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 floors are completely vinyl tiled with crusted goat blood. We're we're completely sealed in. We're having trouble opening the door. There's so much blood on the ground. Oh, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this clip that I have about uh them finding a body in the Chattahoochee. I mean, it's not really. Well, there's not much to it. I mean, people people die in rivers, uh, as we've covered already. But um, this is true. Where there is a large body of water, there will be someone drowning. <laughs> but uh, this, um, let me. Uh, I'm going to go a little out of order here, real quick, uh, just because I want to get these two Santeria clips out of the way uh, before we move into Santeria. But just to kind of give <laughs> a comedian's perspective on Santeria, do you know who still practices Santeria? Uh, like a famous person? Mm-hmm. Comedian. A famous comedian? Is it like a household name comedian? I think people of our ilk would definitely know him. If you listen to this show, you heard him tonight already. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, so it isn't Louis C.K. Okay, mm-hmm. just checking. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, uh, All right. Joey, it's Joey motherfucking Diaz. Joey Coco Diaz, of yeah. course. Yeah, should have fucking known that guy is Cuban as fuck. Of course he does. Yeah, he's uh he's got some more to say on it for sure, uh, more than I could ever clip. But uh, this first one, get my list back up here. Is well, let's just see what it says. But for me, it wasn't to be a killer or to be anything like that. I can't carry guns. I can't go in cars with strange people. I can't do business with three people. I can't say I hope Jamie fucking gets hit by a car. I'm not allowed to say all those things. I don't use it the way in the late 70s. Why can't you do business with three people? Because two of them will sidle up against you. And that's the same thing that happened to me on my kidnapping. (laughs) 
I robbed somebody with three people. I can't stand anything. Look at my life now. Look at my life when I was snorting white powder. My saint in my head is controlled. Like, that's why I always wear a white T-shirt on Mondays. It's the day of the spirit. What? You yes. always wear a white T-shirt on yeah. Monday? <laughs> Look at my shoes. They're white on white. Always? When I, when I step out of the shower, I walk onto Only a white on shower mat. Every day. Every day. Every day. I, I'm still very Santeria in my head. I wasn't when I was doing the coke because I knew I wasn't allowed to. What happened in the in the mid seventies with Santeria was I would pay you to tell me what you wanted to hear. Listen, I got a big cargo coming in from Colombia with two hundred kilos. What would the saints say I do? It's fucking religion. They don't fucking transport blow. <laughs> but these people got enamored with it. So it was like, you know, TJ, you know, I want to kill Joe Rogan. Let me put a spell. So you're supposed to write your name on a thing and then take a tongue and put it in the cow's tongue. Yeah, roll it up. Lengua. Delicious. But this next clip, he ends up talking about this idea of becoming a folk hero. And uh, with the right actions and the right intents, uh, you know, you can you can go down in infamy, um, especially if you're on the right slash quote wrong side of the law. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right slash quote wrong. I like it. Yeah. And uh, well, this one's all about the powder. Like there was a big story when I was a kid for Tati. One of uh, Tati's story that he's in the book. He's Omega 7 that I didn't know this growing up. He went to court one time, and his godmother made a powder. And before the judge went to make a verdict, she splayed the powder in the the thing. And the judge fucking couldn't remember (laughs) what the fuck he was about to say, so they had to dismiss the case. And she became a star after that. Every fucking criminal wanted to give her thousands of dollars. What was the powder? Like a thing they made. There's a movie they called years ago. It was uh, The Devil's Advocate. With uh, with uh, Keanu Reeves and Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. Pacino. And there's one scene where he has to go protect the guy. The guy's a Santeria guy. New York is prosecuting him because he's killing animals without a license. And he goes, watch this. He takes the tongue out. He puts the tongue down. He blasts the tongue with like a thing. And then he, tests, he asks the guy, what's the judge's name? And the judge gave him his name. And he took the tongue and they rolled it with nails. And then they put it away and they go, don't worry about tomorrow. The next day at court, the judge starts to fucking talk, and he goes into a coughing spree. <coughs> he can't fucking talk. Now that person looks like a hero. These were all subtle coincidences <laughs> that these fucking spicks were fueled by now. So now I got I to I gotta have a big week, Joe Rogan. What does the saint say? And you get four pieces of coconut. You throw them on the floor, and the saints say, this is going to be your week. Let me give you $20,000. So now drug dealers started doing it. When Noriega got busted, he had Santeria in his closet. Fidel was well-known for Santeria in his closet. His All closet. these dudes. Well, they have a, you have a special you have, an, you have an altar. I made a promise when I lived in that apartment that if, God, if a Batala got me a house, he'd have his own room. Go to my house. <laughs> my saint is in my office. Seems like a, a matter of personal protection, particularly with the the drug trade and with these kind of power guys like Fidel Castro. It just seems like these guys are in such a dire, desperate situation that they they needed some sense of divine righteousness or some sort of protection or some sort of higher power that tells them that what they're doing is okay or that they have their back. 
because well, it's such a desperate like thing that they're participating in. I mean, what what realistically do you have to fear if you have the power of death on your side? And if you're doing these rituals that are very real, I mean, if, if the goats, if the like in the sense of Atlanta, say that there's like an initiation process or there's like maybe it's a gang thing and you need to you need to slaughter these goats in order to be initiated into a gang or into a, a fraternity or an association there's a reverence there which you touched upon earlier there's there's the the power and the and the spectacle of it is so surreal and overwhelming that it creates this this very um mythical and very i don't know how you would put it, but it's it's seductive almost. It, it's uh, it's another memological god. I think my parallel for this segment is Pepe and Keck. Easy. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, no question about it. And kind of speaking more on that idea that, you know, there's people, just like in any walk of life, they're just going to get on the internet and do a cursory search on Google, hit the first three results, and they got it figured out. Easy, right? Um, it, there's some people out there that take it a little further than goats, like uh, this uh, Tennessee group. A Clarksville man escapes with stab wounds out a window after being told, you are about to die, and you will never believe the reason behind this attempted murder. Police say it was a human sacrifice gone wrong. News Channel 5's Jason Lamb spoke with the victim today. As opposed to a human sacrifice gone right. Am I right? (laughs) Human sacrifice gone right tonight. (laughs) Body found. Went off without a hitch. (laughs) Seamless. Yeah. (laughs) As they say, you are about to die. You are about to die. You're about to die, clown. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, I'll take. Ooh, can I reverse this a little bit? Murder. Police say it was a human sacrifice gone wrong. News Channel 5's Jason Lamb spoke with the victim today, even as one of the suspects is still on the run tonight. It seems like this crime could have been ripped straight out of a movie script, but Clarksville police say it is all too real, with two suspects in custody, one arrested just this week, and another suspect still on the run. Police say they arrested Bernardino Rodriguez Molina this week in Virginia, charging him with attempted first-degree murder. This woman, Sarah Colleen Miller, has already been arrested back in February. Police say almost a year ago, the day after Christmas, the victim, Jose Raul Mendez, got stabbed and narrowly escaped being killed after Molina told him, quote, you are about to die and that he was going to sacrifice him to Santa Muerte, the saint of death. Another suspect in the room, Daniel Rodriguez Molina, is still on the run. It sounds pretty crazy. It sounds like something that would only happen in movies. Next-door neighbor Alexandria McFarland says she hadn't heard of what happened. It's really sketchy, and I get paranoid already at night, so... It's really scary knowing that something like that happened here. And quite a coincidence, too, that Alexandria had this sign outside her door. Trespass and we will sacrifice you to Satan. We thought it would be a fun Halloween joke because we didn't really have any decorations and I like to do art projects. And now it's very (laughs) inappropriate and awkward. Today, the victim, who didn't want to talk on camera, says he's doing okay, still living in the same complex where the attack happened. As neighbors hear the news about the sacrificial attack, 
close to home. Sounds like someone's been watching way too many horror movies, I would say. Um, it's very uncomfortable, I would say, yeah. Jason Lamb, News Channel 5. What a fantastic ISO. Trespass and we will sacrifice you to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I like how she's like, and then we did it. And then, I don't know, it was just like weird and inappropriate. Yeah. It's like, no shit, bitch. Jesus. Fucking, come on. Yeah, no doubt. Are you going to commit or are you not going to commit yourself oh to Satan? Um. Yeah, I think Petar, I don't know where he's getting them from, but. Boy, you are the angel of death. He's getting more and more goats just to the pile. Petar is a notorious figure. He's like the boogeyman to these goats. They they When they go to sleep, they tell their children of scary stories of Petar. Mm-hmm. The goats are raised to fear him. <laughs> oh, another goat. Oh, and another goat. Oh, and another goat. Hang on, at this point, I Let just... Let the bloodbath commence. I might just have to go step into the shower, like, fully dressed, man. You are in the shower. This is the shower. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 30 goats? Psh, we did that. We probably got, we're probably up to 30 by now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That one got in my mouth. Oh yeah. Alright, I'll just open my mouth. <laughs> What's your name? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh god, oh god. I think we're past the Chatty Uchi numbers. Oh. God, no midnight snack for me. I'm good to go. <laughs> Juicy. Bloody, bloody good. <laughs> A big Ooh. job blessed to Pitar for th really thinning out our herd. I mean, we, we were very proud of our ranch before, but now it's just like we're down to our last few goats. Look at that. Oh, God. Oh, God. In my eye. Oh, God. Oh, man. I like, I just, my whole body, it's sticky. I'm drenched right now. Yeah, that is juicy. Soaked to the bone mm. in goat's blood. The merchant of death. The both of us are. Booberry's completely fucking drenched in goat's blood. Hold on, I gotta get it out of my eye. <sighs> he tried to light a cigarette earlier and he couldn't light it because the cigarette was just drenched. <laughs> yeah, a little, <laughs> a little droopy. It's just like, oh, I don't want to smoke all this goat blood. Nope. <laughs> oh, C-Dub says he's shorting goats I would say that the supply is low So the price of goat I think has gone up <laughs> Demand oh. is high, supply is low Buy, buy, buy Buy, buy, buy Kill, kill, kill Uh, Let's see, how many Oh my god, one Two, three, four Five, six, seven Eight, nine, ten, eleven Buy, 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 kill, kill, kill! Murder, 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 death, murder! Death. Die, die! Crushed, <laughs> bled, uh. depleted. I'll come back and butt fuck your father with your mom's headless corpse on this goddamn lawn. He's yeah, that's right. Except <laughs> to the goat. Yeah, it'll be the goat. Pitar be is going fucking from town to town, skull fucking your goats. <laughs> Skull fucking your goats in a town near you. That's right. 
<laughs> Satan is my friend. Satan is my pal. I want to kill everyone right now. <laughs> dun, dun. Woo. I'll put that. Yeah, put that on my tombstone. All right. Um. Well, Ooh, here, I get you a little washcloth if you want it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my best to wipe my face. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. All right. Ugh. Okay. I'm collected. I am calm. I am the clips now. Uh, you are the clip commander. In this previous clip, we heard uh, this was a, a an attempted uh, human sacrifice in the name of Santa Morta. Uh, we heard a little bit about Santeria from Joey Diaz uh, on the Joe Rogan show. Let's hear Ed Calderon, also on Joe Rogan, talk about Santa Morta and how it's really just another big club. And the religious uh, occultism that the cartels have as well. You know, it's a pretty interesting thing. Um, things like Santa Muerte, the, 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 the death cult that is kind of in, in different parts of Mexico. It's like, a, think of a very dark uh freemasonry type thing right certain mm. certain levels you have people that are part of the uh, part of that cult from the cops to the military to the cartels it's kind of uh to uh prostitutes to drug dealers uh it's interesting how how th- that kind of also has an influence on 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 the way some people go into very risky businesses like being cops or or, or cartel guys and how they wear or they empower themselves by some of these Occult iconographies, you know, like a wow. Reaper or or um, there's the there's, uh, the Trinity is the uh, uh, Jesus Malverde, which is uh, it was a folk uh, hero from turn of the century, Sinaloa, basically a bandit that got caught and killed, and he turned into a saint. And now there's a giant church to him in Sinaloa with a bunch of money stuck to the walls and and um, pictures of guys in the US with like a F150 F truck or a Hummer like thank you Malberta I'm I'm living the dream now because of you wow uh, two roadside altars with a uh, with a uh, statue of the virgin mary and then you look behind her and there's a reaper behind it because it's a, a hidden santa marta uh, shrine and they do that to, so the military doesn't destroy them because they have standing orders to destroy these things, which shouldn't be, but, you know, it's kind of religious persecution, but they actually do that. Yeah, that shit's crazy. So they have these Virgin Mary or the Vir- uh, Virgin Guadalupe, I think it was called. Um, and there'll be these shrines to the uh, to the saint, the mother. But mm-hmm. behind it, like he was just saying, there's this another smaller statue hidden behind it or, you know, the base the backboard is painted up with a Santa Morta depiction. It's so it's, it's to its core, very inversionary, which I Mm. find so fascinating. Um, dichotomous. Yes. Dichotomous. It is the, as above, so below (laughs) as Mary, Mm. so Morta. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, now I do have Santa Maria and Santa Muerta. I do have this list of, um, uh, alleged associations between murders slash sacrifices and Santa Morta. Uh, it's a uh, man. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of them here. Uh, but just to give you an idea, in the rough neighborhood of uh, Tepito, Mexico City, in 2004, authorities arrested a local car key uh, thief who later died in prison. A powerful criminal figure 
Uh, he killed virgins and babies once a year and offered them as sacrifices to Santa Morza to gain her favor and magical protection. Uh, now this Moloch. is this is all from an FBI document, by the way. Mm. Very interesting read. <laughs> you like Huey Lewis on the news? Ooh, C Dubs had to had to slice a goat up for his hundredth karma. Hell yeah! I'm gonna give you one on one there. Unless that's right, goat slice one on one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Classes in session. Session. Uh, 2008, Nueve Laredo Gulf Cartel enforcers captured the Sonola cartel members, took them to a public Santa Morta shrine. And executed him. An analysis by a U.S. law enforcement officer suggests that the perpetrators killed him as offerings. Uh, in 2008, in Juarez, authorities found decapitated and stacked bodies at crime scenes in five separate incidents. Links were inferred to Santa Muerta worshippers. Um, so what I I keep seeing is just loose associations. Um, you know, it could be something that this deity, Santa Muerta. Uh, Holy Death, the Godmother. The Saint of Death, the Angel of Death, Santa Muerte. Uh, it could be that she's just so popular that these shrines are everywhere, and it's, you know, it's so accessible for anyone and everyone to worship, because, you know, she is the equalizer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of all. Death is the great equalizer, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole list that I have that I pulled from that um, from that FBI article. I mean, there's uh, multiple stories of children being sacrificed. Uh, Sylvia, something or another, she was arrested about a decade ago. Uh, three people went missing, and they inevitably found their bodies in her residence. She had started her own offshoot cult that was uh, mostly family members and whatnot. Uh, heads of 11 uh, killed may have been burned. Uh, officials uh, say three killed as human sacrifices in Mexico. There's Quite a bit, to say the very mm-hmm. least. Um, let's uh, let's learn a little more about the female folk saint before we continue. These clips come from Virginia, oddly enough, VCU. Meet Virginia. Uh, there's a professor there by the name of Andrew Chestnut, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that name. He'll give us some details about Santa Morta. It's all about the folk saints, man. Santa Muerte's growth has been so astronomical that devotion to her is the fastest growing religious movement, not only in Mexico, not only in North America, but in the entire Americas. From Argentina to Canada, there is no new religious movement growing faster than Santa Muerte. She is a female folk saint that personifies death. Latin America, and Mexico in particular, are very rich in the series of saints who are not canonized Catholic saints, but they're holy figures. And so Latin America is kind of unique in the world that it has scores of these folk saints who people pray to, people petition to miracles for, um, but have not been accepted. Oh, man. I usually try to be so on top of that. Sometimes oh, I, I, miss I it. try to do the same. It, it happens from time to time. Um, well, uh, regardless, uh, you know, like he's saying, it's a folk saint, so it's a lot more approachable, accessible to any and all people. Uh, you don't have that sort of uh, c- uh, Catholic barrier 
um, where you need to attend mass per se, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, Chestnut here has a pretty cool name for her that uh, that kind of <laughs> in a in a in an alternate reality in Bizarro worlds, it would almost sound like um what? So there's the dude named Benz, and then there's the dudettes named Bernadette, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have the Fauci's, what would be the female, feminine version of that? The Fauchettes? The Burkses, but well, yeah, the Fauchettes. Uh, this clip is called The Grim Repress. And in the case of Santa Muerte, they <laughs> actually have been outright condemned by the Catholic Church. If you look at the iconography of Santa Muerte, we're basically looking at a female version of the European Grim Reaper. In fact, in my book, Devoted to Death, I refer to her often as the Grim Reapress. The Grim Reaper itself was a European invention going back to the Black Plague of the 14th century when death was first kind of personified by Europeans because death really became so intimate as an estimated one-third of, of Europeans went to an early grave. So Santa Muerte and the two other skeletal saints, the Argentine one, who's known as San La Muerte, and the Guatemalan one, who's called Re Pascual, really are the result of what we call in, in religious studies syncretism or a fusion of the European Grim Reaper with pre-Columbian indigenous beliefs in certain death deities. And so Santa Muerte stands alone as the sole female saint of death in the Americas, if not in the entire world. Hmm. Way back on episode 63... We covered a little bit of Fauci news, and we don't often do Fauci stuff. No, you're right. Uh, do you remember the context of Fauci and the sickle? Uh, Fauci and the sickle, I don't. I don't recall. Let me refresh your memory. And so over time, I really became somewhat of a history buff. But I've also been fascinated with people's family names, their last names, because there's always so much history in that. And yesterday, I was sitting there thinking about how horrible Anthony Fauci is and all the terrible things he did back in the 1980s, covering up what was happening with HIV and blocking good drugs that were treating people almost 100% effectiveness while giving people things like AZT that actually killed them. Uh, That's why Magic Johnson got on AZT at Fauci's recommendation and got off of it because it almost killed him and he's alive today and so many others listened to Fauci and died. He was the one that did that and how he recommended rendezvous with the communist Chinese government a year and a half ago, and it killed 50-plus percent of the people uh, that took it with organ failure, mainly the kidneys. So I was thinking, man, I wonder what his family name means, because usually that's associated with the type of family you were and traits that kept showing up in families or, or the type of jobs you did. So I looked up the Fauci family name, and guess what the Fauci family name means? It means the sickle. You know what the Grim Reaper carries. And I went, you know, that's funny. I studied the 14th century Black Plague, read four or five books of it over the years, watched documentaries about it. It's very fascinating. Changed the whole course of our civilization. And there are groups of globalists that want to create a new plague, they believe, that will wipe out most of the people and create a new renaissance. 
I'll go ahead and stop it there, but uh, it just got me thinking about the cult of Fauci. Um, I mean, is that too far of a jump? No, I think it's, uh, I, by the way, I recall now that you've played it. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to note. Yeah. Will, he's right when he talks about family names being important and... And there are certain people that, that their names, like, I don't know, the guy I think of as Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And they made Trump, mm-hmm. And they made a big deal about his last name. Mm-hmm. So I, I have the sticker. <laughs> you know, you got to you gotta check out people's last names. And that's very interesting that Fauci's last name means Scythe. Yeah, I think I think he ends up, uh, if I remember correctly, I could be mis- uh, misremembering, but uh, I think he traces it back to around that time. Uh, 14th century. Uh, That's the other thing is if you tie some of these these high up guys like even Bill Gates, his family goes all the way back to to Cromwell, Protestant England. You know, and it's easy to find that, and then it goes even further back. They were wealthy then, so yeah. It, a lot of these guys, Fauci and Gates, and all these guys, they're descended from big, big wealthy families. Mm-hmm. Well, they were around a long time ago. Or at least these family names that are very prominent. Yeah. And, and we, old. And we don't um we don't have to veer off too far. Uh like I said, I just I think the cult comparisons with this sickle iconography um that's reoccurring is interesting. Because mm-hmm. man, there is one hundred percent a cult of personality associated with Dr. Fauci fighting. Oh, so <laughs> much so. <laughs> And the Sigel connection, you know, that you just reminded me of was uh, Mr. Wheat. Oh, yeah. The, the, the grain, yeah. The grain, yeah, grain being the main thing, grain and wheat being the main thing that the sickle is used for in agriculture, and those are the prominent symbols of, well, of the Soviet Union and now of the United Nations. Yeah, kind of another cult. Yeah. It's very interesting. Definitely a cult. <laughs> very and culty. I, very legal, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oliver Hart says Fauci and bargain, which I really like. Oh, the real Anthony Fauci movie.com, the trailer. Hmm. Oh yeah. I'm going to watch this. I'm very interested in watching this. As a matter of fact, JCD, um, reposted, tooted, uh, a full copy of the video that you can watch for free on the internet. I'm pretty sure I retooted it. Maybe I'll watch it and then do a report for for a Sunday show. That sounds good. I like it. I like it. I like um, it. I like it a lot. Um, let's. Uh, we should finish up with Chestnut. This is the last clip about uh, Marion Morta. And so, in the Mexican context, it's really interesting that she's female too, because the other great giant of the Mexican religious landscape of course is the Virgin of Guadalupe the most important manifestation of the Virgin Mary in the entire world in terms of of coverage and number of devotees in fact in Mexico they say Mexicans are 90% Catholic but 100% Guadalupanos her female identity is really interesting too because it's it's not it's not a uniform identity. She has a reputation on the one hand for being a a badass. I mean, you look at her iconography and some of her images are really menacing. At the same time, she's also a 
surprisingly tender maternal figure. I've heard lots of women devotees talk about how Santa Muerte is like a mother to them. And so I find that gender aspect of her very intriguing. <laughs> very intriguing, very hot. It's the ideal. I like the, the sense of ideal, just like with when we're talking about the, the similarities between Christ and George Floyd. Mm-hmm. You have somebody who who can be remembered as as a as an ideal to attain, and they don't exist to actually have flaws. It's just the idea of them that's perfect. And you have that with Christ. You have that with Santa Maria. Yeah, it's um, I I do like the way that people are kind of piecing it together as they go. Uh, sort of forming it to whatever suits their needs. Um, we're actually seeing some churches pop up in Los Angeles that uh, are wholly devoted. Outside, it could be any storefront shop, but inside this Hollywood storefront, Padre Nuestro. there is faith among those who believe that cannot be shaken. Your faith is going to take you as far as you want it to go. Nancy Sanchez says her devotion lies in living her life in a way to ensure a holy death. The sanctuary is adorned with skeletons. Not exactly paradise for most. Take the skin out. Take the meat out. What's left? Lucino, who calls himself Professor Sisyphus, I'm the priest of Templo Santa Muerte. Says this symbol of holy death is inside every being. Santa Muerte is the angel of death. Angel de la muerte. Devotion to Santa Muerte has been around for generations in Mexico, but not necessarily in a good way. Just last week, eight members of the same family were charged with murder. Prosecutors saying they killed two 10-year-old boys and a 55-year-old woman as an offering to Santa Muerte. This side of the border, devotees attempt to dissociate themselves from the extremists. We are not here to kill our brothers. We are here to help them. Professor Sisyphus doesn't deny he commands a cult. Yeah, they say we're a cult. What's a mass on the Catholic Church? It's a cult. We took his words to Father Dario Miranda in Maywood. He knows the history of Santa Muerte and how the Catholic Church avoids all contact with it. It's evil. It's evil in disguise. Father Miranda chalks it up to confusion and misinformation. This is not acceptable. This is not Christian. It is not Catholic, certainly. A cada uno de nosotros, protección. We attended a Santa Muerte Mass on a Friday night. It's broadcast live over the Internet. Devotees told us they are regular people, mothers, fathers. They bring their children. But some also come because they've fallen on hard times. I was in jail, and I actually was asking for the forgiveness and to be taken out as soon as possible. And whether sanctioned or not by other religions, whether connected or not to Mexican gangs, Santa Muerte and her angel of death spirit is in Los Angeles. And uniting a community living their lives in anticipation of their deaths. We are the bodies of Santa Muerte. <laughs> we are the bodies of Santa Muerte. Oh, I thought he said we're the boys of Santa Muerte. Oh, yeah. Well, well... <laughs> I got uh, I got something for that here in a little bit. Um, unfortunately, Dirty. we're kind of pressed for time, so I'm going to end up skipping some stuff. But 
I'll do my best to quickly paraphrase it. Um, one of those is uh, a lot of folks will go to Santa Morta for anything that they need assistance with. Um, you know, to she is a miracle worker of all forms and fashions. Mm-hmm. So the uh, catch-all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the nature with folk saints. Um, they're very pragmatic. Very like, we need you to do this for us. So we are going to kill a goat and you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, one of the, the time frame where she kind of, uh, where the seed was probably planted, the modern day form was during the Mexican civil war, uh, because there was mm. just so much death. And if you recall all the way back to uh it was the episode was the house the zombie church was built on mm-hmm. we did the day of dead dia de los de los muertos oh my god dia de los muertos yes and uh dia we talked about uh, la la catrina mm-hmm. um that was part of it the uh cuz la catrina the deity of day of the dead was pulled from that Aztec god, uh, Mesolthupoli, something along those lines. Aztec gods have the gnarliest names of all, so I'm not going to pretend. Yeah, it ballpark. <laughs> if, uh, at least five or six syllables in there, you know. Any corrections, you can email john at dvorak.org. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And put donation in the, in the subject line. Yes, fat donation, PH. <laughs> all caps. <laughs> um... <laughs> But uh, like Katrina and this Aztec god get name dropped in this uh, particular video. It was called Santa Morta, the folk saint of death. Um, but they also end up talking a little bit about candles. And candles are a cheap and effective way of enacting um, miracles from, from, uh, from the deity, from the godmother. I'll just call her the godmother. How about that? Okay. Uh, um, other offerings would be marijuana, your favorite type of cigarettes, uh, coins, the bottle, uh, liquor, beer, whatever you would drink. That's what you would bring to her, uh, where you would take the, instead of having the label facing out towards you, you would turn it around so that she could see it. One of the things that Ed Calderon gets into on the glitch potion, whatever the fuck it was called, that podcast interview, he did glitch bottle. He talks about how when he realized that one of his partners told him to buy this bottle of liquor for a statue his first day on the job after graduating from the basic training to be be like a special ops police officer in Tijuana. He Mm. went to this altar. He was told to uh, give a sacrifice uh, to him would have been a rather pricey bottle of booze when he didn't have a lot of money. He's trying to feed his family, right? And they told him to turn the label so that she could see it. And he realized that uh, at least then, in the early 2000s, Santa Morta was very internalized. It was very inwards-facing. It was very kind of on the DL. Mm -hmm. It's blown up a lot now, for sure. But, uh, you know, like, like we said... They had the images and the visage and the statues hidden behind the Virgin Guadalupe. Uh, I just it's so, the Virgin Mary or Virgin Mary, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, basically tomato, tomato. 
Yeah. Uh, do you think the internet has something to do with it? Oh, absolutely. It used to be much more underground now. Because you said something earlier about Santa Maria kind of picking and choosing stuff through the internet. Well, I think all of these, I, it's only feeling it. It's only, you know, I'm sure we could, <laughs> I'm sure there's a Santa more to TikTok and I didn't even think to scrape oh, it. Definitely. Yeah. Most deaf. Oh, you know, maybe I did have one, but there was no viable audio that I could use. So I scrapped it. Mm. Um, so that video is interesting. Santa Morta, folks in death, it's linked. Uh, I do have from that FBI article, uh, they have, um, one of a hundred million different interpretations of this, but it's what the different colors of, uh, of the Santa Morta statues, what they can mean. And like using the different colored candles around her, what they can do. Uh, oh, I think this is color coded, uh, uh, worship to- tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so red love and passion, black power against enemies slash protection. Um, they were, there was actually a lot of, uh, um, like I guess black, uh, sashes and whatnot. Uh, black candles being burned during COVID nineteen, uh, with, very very satany, uh, which is to offer protection. And um, it was funny the the video that we were just talking about. The guy feels like he's biting his tongue to to you know say that these people are anti science, uh, anti vaxxers because they're praying to this deity to protect them from COVID nineteen and not taking the vaccine, right? <laughs> yeah, they're praying to send the muerte instead of to the science gods. Yeah, they're 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 praying to. They're burning their Fauci candle, as C Dubs just posted in the chat. Yeah, exactly. I had forgotten about these two. I actually, I did kind of want one. They're so. I want one too. They're real and they're everywhere. They're real and they're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, white personal protection. White and black interchangeable. Uh, green. White is the god of privilege. Oh yeah, white. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Funny. Uh, gotcha. Uh, green response to injustice slash legal issues. Uh, gold attempt to attain wealth. Uh, mm. Bone peace and harmony in life. Blue spiritual harmony and concentration. Copper remove removal of negative energies. Purple transformations of negative elements to positive opportunities. Uh, silver luck and success in the seven colors properties of all of the colors gold silver copper black purple red and green which is not a rainbow no it's a different yeah they get their own little thing going yes uh so yeah uh the catholic church is not happy about this group <laughs> i would imagine so they, they're not been, happy about anyone you know <laughs> yeah they, they've denounced them um they're worried about people turning away from the church to this cult and uh there's plenty of people talking about it in one of the clips um you know the catholic church's whole career is about fighting paganism so they're just doing what they do yeah uh in austin texas this guy is selling hundreds of candles every week uh santo morta specific candles uh, pretty interesting. Um, but mm. there's there's one final video that I really wanted to to play for you because it's a uh, he was a special investigator working in Mexico and he's immigrated to the United States at this point. It's a separate guy, separate guy from Ed, but he <laughs> I don't know. 
he kind of he kind of dumbed it down well enough that we could clip it up and and check it out. Um, the f- we already covered the first uh, this first clip that was talking about the origins of it in the Mexican Civil War, and um, let's get into him discussing the Godmother connection with Santa Morta. By itself is an actual religion, and by itself is protected by our First Amendment. Um, this religion, um, the the occultist or the the followers, is not a worship. It's a following. The followers of the Santa Muerte believe that she is a gift-granting godmother whose job is to take you one day to the arms of God. Now, as a Roman Catholic myself, this is my favorite um, definition of her or, or name for her, godmother. Because it's for, a, for a Roman Catholic, it, it, it helps you understand what these devotees believe she is. Because they believe she's death herself. Now they call death the godmother because one day she will bring you to the arms of God. Let me give you an example of this. Your godmother as a Roman Catholic or your godfather brought you to the arms of God when they baptized you. That is the same thing that death is going to do one day. It's going to bring you to the arms of God. So that's what a devotee actually believes the Santa Muertes. She's a gift granting godmother who you can ask anything for. You can ask for money. You can ask for love. You can ask for health. You can ask with assistance for legal problems. You can ask for, uh, um, I mean, a multitude of different things. And that is represented by the colors in the actual effigy, the effigy or the statue. So that specific effigy that you're calling death to actually reside on has a specific power that death will provide you assistance of. <laughs> so badass. <laughs> Pretty well. I mean, you can see the appeal of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do have something really fun and special. I want to share with you. Uh, when we get to the end, we got three clips here left to go through. Uh, and this one kind of ties into what you were discussing last week with the repurposing, uh, repurposing of symbology. And how you can kind of leapfrog that uh, the power behind it and, and twist it and somehow make it more devious and subvers- subversive and just like every generation it, it takes a weirder and darker turn. Um, mm-hmm. Here, here he is. It was reminding me of sorry, but it, it was reminding me of the, the them using the the symbols in World War One because things had gotten so desperate and so many people were dying. Death had become a friend again, like you, what you're saying with the plague and with the scythe. Mm-hmm. That these people have no, they they'll do anything to find any form of solace in what it is that they're participating in. Yeah, as long as they have some impact, uh, they 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 their actions. <clears throat> uh. They feel that they can have some sense of control over what's going on. If I kill this goat, if I wear this emblem, if I do this ritual, then this will increase my chances of survival. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's hear um, what was this guy's name? Uh, Vic Galar uh, Galazar Galazar. Uh, let's hear him talk about repurposing. There is a specific criminal subculture. Narcocultura that has adopted this actual uh, entity, this death itself, 
to actually represent a specific thing. This is when they're grabbing this disbelief and make it into a symbol. Not so much a belief for them, but a symbol. There's a purpose behind them utilizing the Santa Muerte. It's almost the same example that I give for the uh, the swastika. You know, the swastika dates back in history, eons, to the indigenous people of Alaska, the indigenous people of the Americas, the indigenous people of Asia Minor, um, in religions like Buddhism, Shintoism. Uh, the Vikings actually used it. Thor, the god Thor, actually used the symbol of the swastika, but we didn't yep. see it in the you know in the modern movies because now this symbol to us means a completely different thing because a certain group adopted the symbol to make it a specific meaning. In this case, the Nazi party. They believe, the occult, that she's death herself. Imagine yourself as a criminal element in Mexico, which is now running with impunity throughout probably 30 to 35% of that country. Imagine them utilizing a symbol that means death. The, the, the impression that that would actually have on the Mexican non-criminal element is, it's, it's a powerful symbol because now they're controlling death. They have control. They have death in their pocket and they're portraying her because it's a her. They're portraying her to be in their side. The terror that that creates, the fear that that creates within the communities of Mexico is drastic. I mean, it's enormous. And then think about this as well. The vast majority of Mexican nationals are going to be Roman Catholic, right? Because Mexico is the second largest Roman Catholic country in the entire world. Can you imagine a certain criminal element controlling a symbol that for a Roman Catholic is the number one sin? Can you imagine them utilizing that symbol to represent narcocultura to mm-hmm. a point? Eat your heart out, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> he, he ain't got nothing ripping pages out of a Bible. <laughs> yep. Um, next clip. This one discusses one of the rituals, which uh, is fascinating. Uh, it's called the hand of death. And there's some very drastic behaviors that some of these individuals would actually go to, um, to use this symbol. And there's a perfect example that I give during my classes of the removal of the hand. So you have an actual effigy, an actual statue. And the, the vast majority of these statues can be made in Mexico. But now, actually, China has been involved in the manufacture of these effigies because a lot of people are buying it. And it's just another way for China and China companies to actually make money, obviously, right? So these, these effigies, you can actually remove the hand because it's connected through just a simple um, screw. But the act, it's the act that uh, that that represents what they do is they take the hand of death because she believe they believe she's death herself they remove the hand of death and they keep that hand under their control and they tell death i will not give you your hand back until you provide for me whatever i'm asking you for <laughs> mm-hmm. talk about fucking forcing some hands <laughs> oh my oh my goodness uh some sort of transaction going on here well that's, with hands changing is, hands it's the same as uh putting gold coins in your shoes and walk on gold you know or gold coins in your eyes when you die mm-hmm. um 
And we, you know, we, we, we kind of jumped around. We were in Atlanta. We were in Florida. We were in Sacramento, California. We were in Austin. Um, this is kind of a coast to coast operation. How These are far? all rivered cities. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> rivers are the, the veins of the United States. Indeed they are. How far is the outreach in the United States of the Mexican uh, drug trafficking organizations? Because I think a lot of people in the Northeast, uh, maybe on the East Coast, they're under the impression that there is no influence here. Maybe you could shed some light on the truth behind this the influence here. And the reason they don't think it's here is because, I guess, in their mind, they're not experiencing it. And I would probably argue that the Mexican drug cartel here is doing a very good job at keeping a very low profile. So maybe you can elaborate on that. There is a reason why why the Department of Justice has called the Mexican cartels the number one criminal threat to the United States. The Mexican cartels are in a position to actually operate here in the United States uncomparably to any other organization in the entire world. So that's number one. And it's not just in the United States, it's in North America. Give you some examples. People in Chicago, people in Illinois might have known that El Chapo Guzman, who's actually now a resident of Colorado, by the way, uh, El Chapo Guzman was the number one wanted uh, criminal in Chicago, even though he himself never actually put a foot in Chicago. There's no evidence of that. This is how big his organization was, not just in Chicago, but in the surrounding areas. That's one example. Another example, Canada, for example. There is evidence that El Chapo Guzman was in bed with the Canadian-Iranian mafia to actually provide narcotics to Canada itself. The vast majority of the dope that El Chapo Guzman was bringing in uh, to the United States through the southern border was in privately owned vehicles. So now you know that these privately owned vehicles would go all the way up the United States into Canada distributing these narcotics. So you're seeing the highways literally throughout the United States being put in with um, either associates of the Mexican cartels and or Mexican cartels themselves taking these loads. Um, I mean, I, you, 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 you mentioned Brad. He says in, 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 in his own class, like, if you believe that there is no cartels in your streets, you're blind. You are absolutely blind. Who do you think takes fentanyl to New York? Mm. <laughs> Massive operation. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, you know, who could be bigger, right? And I will say that this guy, he kind of has that uh, cop vibe, no doubt. Uh, so A little spooky. Yeah. It's okay. But uh, interesting food for thought, nonetheless. Um, and what I wanted to last share with you is back in 2012, my first Disney on Ice tour, uh, our carpenter, uh, head carpenter, <laughs> walked. And we were in Hildago, Texas. And uh, Hildago is right on the border. Like you can see part of uh, Mexico <clears throat> in certain parts of Hildago, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just remember, like, we got to the venue uh, for load in pre rig, uh, first time going to this venue, and uh, there was choppers flying overhead because they were looking for people that had uh, jumped the border. 
and they were circling the venue because they had seen people on top of the roof. And it turns out that it was stagehands smoking pot on the roof. <laughs> so all these border agents uh, went and checked it out. <laughs> and then the guys got kicked off the call. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, our carpenter walked across uh, the border and stopped at a little shop and he picked me up a trinket. And uh, he came back with it. And it was a little, um, like, weather, leather-wrapped uh, Santa Morta picture. I'm looking that. at it right now. It's pretty pretty creepy. I've had that on tour with me. Uh, that picture is inside of my work box. That's the, the door on the inside. So you've been practicing Santa Ray all along. Uh 2012, I've had that on pretty much every show. I've had it with me in a suitcase or something. Well, that explains everything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty spooky. <laughs> I remember looking at your, the front of your, your, this is your tool closet or whatever. And well, it's my, it's my road case, uh, work box. Your road case. Yeah. Work out of it. Well, used to. <laughs> now it's just kind of become a shrine. <laughs> mm. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> all those stickers came from somewhere. <laughs> Indeed. Um. Yeah. That's uh. That's all I got on Santa Muerta. Uh. There's a bunch, bunch, a bunch, a bunch of fucking resources in uh the show notes for this week. So, if there's anything of interest, that would be the place to check it out. Indeed, zososcorner.substack.com. You can get reference to everything we talked about tonight. Have you ever heard of Mr. Burns, a post-electric play? No, I haven't. It's a dark comedy. Uh, it's written pretty recently, but it's about like post-apocalyptic times. It's a play in three acts. And in the first act, it's seven years after a big nuclear explosion or something, and society's collapsing. And these people are surviving, and all they have is one VHS tape. <laughs> of the Cape Fear Simpsons episode, season five, episode two. And it's all they got. So they just watch this this one episode of The Simpsons. And they kind of like memorize it and it becomes important. By act two, there's a full theater troupe that's traveling around that's made an entire like musical based off of this one episode. And then act three is like 75, 100 years later. And there's a whole Grecan church that's built around the Simpsons and around this one episode. I love this. <laughs> can, can you send me a link to that? Yeah, sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a, uh, a, a theater uh, review posted in the chat just now. If you haven't heard of this play or seen it, it's reminding me a lot of this and it's, you, you would love it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's how just simple things, they, they evolve over time and they take on massive, symbolic meaning. Wow. <laughs> I love that. A post-electric play. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. That's all you got. Um, we don't have any other scream mails. That was it. Well, we can, we can get more for next time. I believe that the next time you'll hear us, uh, behind the schemes, it's going to be following No Agenda on October 30th, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Thank you so much for reminding me, because <laughs> I was about <laughs> to blank. 
Yeah, we don't want to blast off without letting people know. Yes, we will be following No Agenda. That'll be episode one, two, three, which we're both very excited about. We made it all the way to one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's obviously going to be very spooky, significant episode, being the day before Halloween. And and, um, and we'll also be doing a Monday night episode. We got two behind the schemes back to back for your pleasure this week. That's correct. Yeah, but, There's no way that we were going to pass up, who is going to pass up a, a Halloween s- scheme, you know? Oh, I got some, well, we got some fun shit planned. Uh, yeah. it'll, it'll be uh, light bright myself. I got some good That's shit. That's right. I, I unfortunately will be uh, out and about on Halloween, so I won't make it. But I will be there on the Sunday for the Sunday show. One, two, uh, three. One, two, three. So please catch us then. That'll be around, oh, I don't know, 2, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, about 5 p.m. Central time next Sunday or, or this Sunday. No. Next. Yeah. Next Sunday. No. Depends on when you think that the week starts or ends. Uh, but this next <laughs> coming, this coming Sunday in the 30th of October, catch us then. My week, uh, my week always starts when I hit this next button. Let the week begin. It is coming soon. Uh, it came. Yeah, check us out, badradio.live, uh, behindtheschemes.com, SCH3M3S. That's where we hang out. Uh, go get some Mastodon in your life, spook.social, if you want mm-hmm. to. And if you're just looking for some casual fun, you can always go to our green room, our chat room irc.zeronode.net hashtag green room and get in on some of the action there yep and this has been a value for value production so if there's anything you liked about this show well consider uh, making a little piece of yours indeed 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 uh, you can call 612-263-7999 you can email us at lavish at behind the or boo at behind the and uh, yeah we're open to conversations news articles, anything. Uh, This is a show by the people, for the people. By God. Mm, By God. And by Booberry. This has been me. Until next time. Until next time, I have also been lavish. Buenos noches. How many people have to die for you to get a little booger sugar? Rotate, zoom, enhance, normalize, compress, limit, expand. So I gotta now jam a knife in the side to trigger the blades. I'm gonna whip this little bitch in the face and make some pain. Okay, you ever been kissed by a moth before? You are about to die. Trespass, and we will sacrifice you to Satan. This is Behind the Schemes, the esoterica of your dreams.